Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Thursday night edition of the Sea Report. That is right. We're coming to you guys live today on August 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Mr. C, and I hope you guys are having a great evening. Now, um, we already have some friends in the chat kind of uh, uh, gathering together and uh, saying hello and their howdy-do's and all, which is great stuff. Uh, Pilled by the Rabbit, how's it going, sir, uh, was asking if we should call this, what was it? Did you say cheese day or something like that? <laughs> Let me see if I can get that one real quick. Uh, let's see. Um, hmm. Cheese day. I think it was cheese day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cheese day. You know, I mean, I don't mind it. Does cheese have a day yet, though? I think that would be the most important question. Does cheese have a day yet? Uh, because if cheese does, I don't want to take over another day. Now, I love cheese. I, I mean, I okay, so to be quite frank with you all, um, I, I do have a, a bit of uh, what they call... Um, was that uh, uh, lactose intoleration? Uh, now it doesn't affect me like some people, fortunately, because trust me, guys, I love my cheese. Like I totally love my cheese, and um, you know, uh, but but whole milk, keep that thing away from me, unless you want a stinky wind coming in your direction. <laughs> Or the stomach bubbles or something like that. Like, I just, I cannot do whole milk. Uh, but, you know, I think it was worse when I was younger. And I'm sure you guys were not expecting me to open the show talking about uh, lactose intoleration. <laughs> but we need to be more tolerant of whole milk, right? No, just kidding. But anyways, guys, I hope you all are having a great day, a great afternoon. Uh, see everyone's uh, spilling into the chat room. We have a, we have a show for you guys today, like... Uh, today I was going through the headlines and man, all of these golden nuggets were just popping up for me today. So let's get, let's get the headlines on the screen for you guys. So you can see what's up. Yes. We will be talking about Richard Trumka, former president, the AFL CIO passing away. Why is that important? Like I was like, Hmm, I don't know. Something could be smelling a little rotten in the state of Denmark, if you ask me. But uh, you, I guess you would just have to know a little bit about Trumpka to know exactly what's up. So we're actually going to take a little, oh my goodness, guys. I was like, yes. Okay. Well, not yes that he's dead. Obviously, I don't wish that anyone dies. But uh, it opened up this window to where I can share with you guys about some of the, uh, I mean, really, really bad collusion, guys. I mean, it's, it's right on the verge of racketeering that's going on with the AFL-CIO, as well as the 2020 presidential election. So thank goodness for that, because I was like, dang! Okay, so some of you guys might have heard the whole story about the AFL-CIO teaming up with leftist organizations and some rhino Republicans in order to thwart the 2020 election. If you guys did not hear it, you will be hearing about it tonight on the C-Report. Yes, guys, we're bringing you the news that not many people will share with you because either they don't have enough foresight or it just didn't come across their news desk. I don't know which one it is, but either way, we got that scoop for you guys today. If you guys know about this, put it in the chat. I want to hear about it. I like to know how educated my audience is out there. Uh, next, we'll also be uh, spinning into the AFLDS White Coat Summit. Now, this took place approximately about uh, two to three days ago, right here in my own hometown of San Antonio, Texas, guys. And I was just like, gee, like, I, you know, I'm so out of the loop on some of these things. Um, 
I, I mean, I, I, I think I may have been able to have been in attendance. Uh, I don't think I would have been granted a press pass, but then again, who knows? You know, if I had known about this summit taking place here in my hometown, I would have been there. Uh, but one of our uh, one of our informed viewers out there for the C Report, uh, with many thanks, brought this to my attention. Uh, so we'll be taking a look at a couple of a couple of discourses. Uh, that took place at the most recent um, um, uh, America's Frontline Doctors Association. But the whole reason why this even comes into play, because, of course, guys, we're seeing so much come up in regards to uh, the mandatory vaccines, the duress that's being caused by jobs, the, the threat of losing our uh, ability to uh, create a livelihood and survive for ourselves. And of course, with the mask and everything else, but you know, uh, that, that brings up another, another ooh, golden nugget tonight, guys, because on the heels of that, like we'll, we'll be, we'll be looking at so, like, we'll be looking at two discourses from the uh, AFL CIO, uh, sorry, the AFL, there's too much AFLs in this <laughs> in this title tonight. Uh, the AFLDS White Coat Summit uh, is because um, uh, none other than the female George Soros herself, and that woman's name is Laureen Powell Jobs, is pushing that we unvaccinated people should be placed on no-fly lists. So we're going to take another look at Lorene Powell Jobs tonight. Now, you guys might remember we did a type of expose. We reported on a report from Breitbart News about Lorene Powell Jobs uh, probably about maybe on two months ago now. I, don't know if we, I mean, I know a lot of you guys were in the audience for that, but I don't know if you guys recall. So we'll just go ahead and take a brief look at that again, and we'll get into that. And then finally, guys, this is a big story. Big, 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 big story. The NIH funding fetus harvesting guys paying like three million dollars in order to harvest near uh, I and mean, we're talking about up to 42 weeks gestation these babies are basically fully formed uh and they're funding the harvesting of fetuses basically full-grown babies within the womb right uh, uh and it's a six story guys but we'll be talking about the night so again we got some golden nuggets for you guys some stuff you might not be hearing anywhere else on the sea report tonight and uh always always happy to bring that to you guys but now before we get into today's show uh first let me say hello to everyone who's coming into the chat rooms glad to have you guys with us we got uh, just be pill by the rabbit aurelius Locke, as well as tam Gorel. Uh, Don S, good to see you, my friend, and looking up. Hey, y'all, the Speak Uneasy is in here. Uh, stopping by before my shift. What, stopping by before my shift. Oh, all right. Well, we hope you have a good and safe shift tonight, Mr. The Speak Uneasy. Um, yes, uh, let's see here. What else do we got? <laughs> hey, just V, am I in stereo? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. And let's see what else. Uh, oh, Pill by the Rabbit likes my tie. Thank you. I don't always wear solid ties, you know. Now, I, okay, so here's the thing also here. Let me, let me take this off real quick. Oh, uh, oh, none says, hey there, buddy. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, okay, so um, there's, the, you know, because, it, it, hey, KH Farmer, how's it going? We got a great show tonight, KH Farmer. I hope you stick around for the duration. Good to have you back in the audience. Angle, sorry, guys, that's my, I'm like, I'm like, doo -doo 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 -doo, going back and forth. Uh, but thank you for the tie. Okay, I don't always wear solids. 
you know, because I feel like if I were solid, me solid, 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 it's all like zoot suit. Now, I actually have a matching pocket square for my tie. But there's this uh, fashion forward person uh, out there in the uh, the social media networks that says one should never wear a matching tie and pocket square. Like that's a fashion no-no. Um, but at the same time, the guy wears his ties like this. Like check this out. He wears it to where you can see the back and the front. Like they, they hang side by side. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like you're not even european why are you coming up with all this weird fashion i think he's trying to make like a fashion i don't know he's trying to i don't know you know what they say guys technique is nothing more than failed style and the double tie thing coming down here that's a failed technique no 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 we don't do that here uh we also don't wear we also wear socks with our suits when we're fully dressed here at the sea report now i get it's a european thing I get it's a European thing, you know, not uh, either not to wear socks or to wear ankle socks with your your nice clothes. But I would say if you're going to wear the ankle socks, you don't need a tie. You don't need to be dressed up to the nines. Right. Uh, you can be formally casual, casually formal, semi casual. I mean, semi formal if you want. But anyways, we're not here to talk about fashion. All right. We'll talk about that on this Mr. Seeing the Dark or something like that. I don't know. OK. Anyways. Yes. We have chat recap coming up tonight. We have a whole bunch of things coming up, but we had a bit of a special request. So I'm going to try and prep this right now. I'm going to do the best I can. I told Pilled by the Rabbit that I would do the best that I can. Okay. So uh, let's see how this goes. All right. Uh, uh, apparently it's Gary Flesner's birthday today. If not, it was his birthday. If not, his birthday's coming up soon. Okay. <laughs> Just V says, keep it across the pond. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank you, Just V. I appreciate you agreeing with me on that. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess it's it's either Gary Flesner's birthday today or it's 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 within the circle of these days. Um, and uh, um, Pilled by the Rabbit requested that I play... A song, a Richard Cheese's new birthday song. Okay, so I listened to it. I like it. Like it's it's much. It's it to me. It's better than your traditional uh, "Happy Birthday to You." Like it's short. It's concise. It sends a good message. So I was like, okay. So this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> Pill by the rabbit says I don't need pants. Uh, well, you know, uh, I wish I could say I had matching pants for every blazer and coat in my wardrobe, but unfortunately, I don't. Uh, not to say that they don't sell them. Actually, I have pants that match this suit. I wish I had the pants that matched my red suit, but unfortunately, uh, I do not fit into a size 28, so I could not buy them. Anyways, okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Miss, Mrs. Farmer's B-Day. Who's Mrs. Farmer? I don't know who Mrs. Farmer is. Brad? Oh, Brad CHG? Or Brad CZZ? Or, I'm sorry, guys. I'm terrible. Y'all are going to crucify me. Okay, so, okay. I can only do this for one person, though, okay? We're going to play Richard Cheese's brand new, brand new birthday song, okay? Because it was a request from Pill by the Rabbit. Pill by the Rabbit's been a loyal listener of the Sea Report for quite quite some time so i just figured hey why not let's let's do this um okay it's brad c g z okay well happy birthday brad c g z i i wish you a very happy birthday and many more but this song is for gary flesner <laughs> oh 
Miss K.H. Farmer. K.H. Farmer. He's all, it's Mrs. Farmer's be damn all. Who's Mrs. Farmer? <laughs> I'm sorry, K.H., but uh, happy birthday to the missus. Happy birthday to the missus, most definitely. Uh, we wish you all many more uh, beautiful and harmonious and wonderful years together. From the bottom of, well, I don't like to say from the bottom of my heart. I like to say from my heart to your heart, okay? From my heart to your heart and to Mrs. Farmer's heart, happy birthday. I hope, you, I hope she's had a great birthday. Okay, now I want to sing this song for her. <laughs> well, you guys can tell Gary Flesner that uh, we did this birthday song for him. Okay, but put make sure you put no Cuomo because I don't want him to get any kind of ideas. All right, <laughs> I don't want him to think I'm a I'm like the unannounced member of the village people or something like that. Okay, I'm gonna try this, guys. I'm gonna try this, guys. Um, but this is Richard Cheese's new birthday song. It's super short, but it's right to the point. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> It's Gary Flesner's birthday, what a great day, everyone say happy birthday. That's it. <laughs> and that's all you get, okay? That's all you get. It was rough, but I tried, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know what? That's going to replace all of the birthday songs out there, Pilled by the Rabbit. <laughs> We will never sing another birthday song again. We'll just sing Richard uh, Cheese's birthday song, and that is it, okay? But happy birthday to everyone out there. Every happy Leo out there, happy birthday. I don't follow astrology and the signs because that's a bunch of BS to, to, uh, to take the words of... Um, to take the words of uh, uh, Jim Morrison from the doors, but uh, I hope you guys... <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. So happy birthday, you guys. Happy, happy birthday. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, like the uh, last quarter, last two quarters of the year are probably among the best, but uh, we'll, we'll just leave that there so you guys don't feel alienated if you were not born after March. <laughs> That was for Gary. Yes, Mr. Pilled by the Rabbit. That was for Gary and for you, Pilled by the Rabbit. Okay. Now, I know that was not exactly Richard Cheese's voice, but uh, you get what you can here on the Sea Report. So anyways, guys, all right. That is that. Okay. Now, yes, we have quite a show for you, ladies and gentlemen. We have quite the show for you guys tonight. Okay. <laughs> I told you that was a short song. Okay. Um, Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, let's go into yesterday's chat recap, right? Uh, so we can follow standard form here at the Sea Report. <laughs> and then we will break into uh, today's news or today's report, I should say, uh, on what was interesting in the world of Mr. Of Mr. C. Okay, so yesterday we had Just V. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, Just V, we are dying to hear about uh, all of your adventures. <laughs> <laughs> We're dying to hear about all your adventures at the uh, school board meeting and everything else. So, I mean, I haven't heard them yet. I'm sure maybe some of the friends have, but uh, anything worth note, anything you recorded, let us know. Okay, we really want to know. All right. <clears throat> So yesterday, we had Just V in the House, Aurelius Locke, Texas Gal, Tam Growl, Pilled by the Rabbit, Sherry Pittsburgh, Sean Joe hanging out and gifting a cookie, Tam Growl gifting a cookie. This is actually a brownie. Oh, yeah. We talked about your brownie yesterday, Tam Growl. <laughs> Deborah Erdman was in the house. Rapture Ready was in the house. Sean Joe gifting a can. Deborah Erdman gifting a cookie. 
And uh, ready, rapture, gift in the can, chilling on Pacific time, no mask at Costco today. That's always a good thing. That's always fun to see. Well, I mean, you know, fun, I guess, uh, as fun as uh, being a normal human being who's not, who's, <laughs> who's sorry, uh, being a normal human being that's not succumbing to the fear of having to wear a mask and being totally abnormal. That, I mean, that that is a good day, right? Okay. Sorry, I was laughing because uh, Texas Gal said I needed a top hat. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sean Joe in France, Belgium, Holland. There are large American cemeteries. They see every day Americans fought and died for their liberty. That's actually a very fun and, well, not fun, but that's a, that's a very interesting fact to know. A neat fact, an interesting fact to know. I had no idea. I had no idea, uh, but that's uh, that's also quite uh, special, if you ask me. Tam Growl says, I'm from the future. You will read this on Thursday. <laughs> I just had to. I had to because you did. <laughs> okay. And then we see uh, Desert Fire in the house. Palmer 1951 hanging out. Sean Joe with another cookie. Positive Vibe 72 as well. Palmer 1951 says, I am a Virgo also. All right. All Virgos unite. Okay. I mean, I'm biased, guys, but I think Virgos are pretty cool. Now, I could tell you some of the faults of a Virgo. And again, I don't believe in astrology. That's just BS, to borrow from Jim Morrison from The Doors. But... Uh, interesting, interesting facts about some of these, these character personalities. You know, back when I was in high school, when I was a wee little Mr. C lad, um, I, I really was like one of those people I was like, I was like, uh, what's your sign? Or I would try and determine, I would try and blanket a sign over a whole group of people. Like, I know some people that were like, I don't like anyone that's this sign because they're all like this. And I was just like, you're a fool. I was like, you cannot lay a blanket over everyone just because of the day of the month that they were born. Because after all, that's not even going to stay the same when you get down to it. Like, I mean, the stars change, you know, <laughs> uh, once was a Virgo, not always a Virgo, etc. In fact, I hear there's a 13th, uh, a 13th uh, member of the astrology, astrological, astrology, whatever it is. Uh, it's like, I don't remember what it's called. It starts with an O, but it's like, I think it's like between Capricorn and uh, I don't remember. I don't remember all of them. Capricorn and, and Capricorn's the goat. Sagittarius, maybe? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Anyways, okay, they say like every few thousands of years they change. Desert fire. Well, we Arizonans have been misinformed. It's a massive celebration here because the desert fire was talking about Cinco de Mayo. Okay, just, just to be sure, Cinco de Mayo, uh, Cinco de Mayo, just to be sure, desert fire. Cinco de Mayo is celebrated everywhere in the United States of America. Uh, everywhere is like the Mexican holiday, right? Uh, I call it, I like, I prefer, I prefer Cinco de Cuatro. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about Cinco de Cuatro. <laughs> I didn't say Cinco de Cuantro, okay, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, a lot of favorite liquors and uh, tequila for some people, but Cinco de Cuatro, yes, uh, um, you guys, if anyone who gets that reference watched Arrested Development, don't waste your time with Parks and Recreation, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make enemies by saying that, some people like Parks and Recreation, but Arrested Development, that is a comedy worth watching. That comedy was so politically incorrect. And it was like every time a political party changed because of elections, they would go they would go against the grain. So like when Bush was in office, they were making all these Republican Bush jokes and 
and they were referencing like you know like Gitmo and referencing like the uh, the um, uh, stripping of our rights, the Patriot Act. And then when Obama was in office, they were like referencing all the crap that he was doing. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Uh, Pill by the Rabbit. No, my birthday is not on Cinco de Mayo. My birthday is on Mexican Independence Day. Uh, so yes, uh, that is absolutely what that is. K.H. Farmer. Thank you. Oh my goodness. K.H. Farmer strikes again. He drops another EMP on the sea report. Um, I appreciate you, sir, for doing that. Uh, <laughs> um, wowzers. Um, I, I'm a little bit, but thank you, sir. I appreciate your generosity and 17 angels also for gifting the can. Um, we're going to keep it rolling guys. Just be dropping some shades. Uh, <laughs> just V, I would have to know when your birthday is. So feel free to drop that in the chat and, uh, and, and you can't stop me. <laughs> you can't stop me. If I know when your birthday, if anyone knows when just V's birthday is, you better send it to the C report at protonmail.com. <laughs> She's going to hate me. <laughs> just he's going to hate me. Uh, just send it over to the C report.com. <laughs> and I promise just be, it'll just be like five seconds of torture. <laughs> you heard how short the song was for Gary Flesner. So <laughs> I promise you, you won't have to endure it that long, but if you do, <laughs> God bless you, sweetie. God bless you. Uh, that can explain the, what days. <laughs> um, two rivers. Go Ogle can explain to you what day Mexican Independence Day is. Now, honestly, guys, I am not a full-blown Mexican. Now, I am not ashamed of my heritage by any means. No, not at all. We all have to be, we all have to remember our roots and where we come from. We can't just blow that off in the wind because we don't like refried beans or think, you know, uh, Mexicans are wetbacks, right? We can't do that. That's not even 100% true. I don't, refried beans didn't even come from Mexico. Those guys made barracho beans. <laughs> they didn't make refried beans. <laughs> That's like a Southwestern thing. Uh, but no, uh, um, uh, my lineage is half Hispanic as in from Spain. And actually that's kind of watered down with some German. And then half of it is Mexican, like half Mexican, half Spaniard, German, something like that. That's my lineage. So I'm not a full-blown Mexican. You couldn't call me Mohau uh, and let that stand any day. Of for those of you who don't know what that is, good for you. <laughs> Just V's taunting me. She says no one knows her birthday. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. <laughs> oh no. Okay, guys. All right. See, <laughs> I bet you some people are double thinking about the role I've been given for Better Lately's, uh, Better Lately's, uh, what is he? He's doing like some radio show. <laughs> he he booked me for a, a large but small part. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard from him yet, but uh, I think um, I think that uh, Pill by the Rabbit had mentioned Better Lately earlier. Yes, I know who Better Lately is. Better Lately, the crew of Better Lately, I should say, because that's what Canadian Patriot and Bruce Banner, fine, fine Canadian gentlemen, fine Canadian gentlemen, um, um, uh, quite, quite, quite funny individuals. Uh, I love, uh, and I'm, uh, I, I hope if they heard this, they wouldn't take this the wrong way, but I love quirky and kind of like offbeat 
you know, humor and and uh, stuff like that. So, and then when you you roll that up with a little bit of news, that's just always a sh that's always a cherry on top. I think uh, one of the best ways to deliver news is to have a little bit of levity, not to be like Alex Jones and just yelling and mad and angry. Although, I mean, that's not to say that at some point in my life I wasn't like that. Like when I first started doing podcasting and blog blog casting back in the day, I was very 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 angry. Uh, but um, as all things develop develop and evolve and you know adapt uh you know so too does uh so too does the pool of of you know what the audience appreciates but anyways okay so yes yeah, so anyways so a uh, massive celebration uh for cinco de mayo in arizona as it is all over the place i mean everyone forgets about mexican independence day <laughs> no one thinks that in mexico it's called el dia del grito which is the day of the the yell or the day of the ah because we're free, uh, but uh, that is uh, celebrated in September about mid September and that's about all I got to say about that. Actually, I'm kind of curious. Well, my birthday falls on a Thursday this year. Looks like it's going to be a boring birthday. No, just <laughs> actually. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, it's it's I don't know. It's been a minute since I've gone out and done something crazy on my birthday. I think uh the last, you know, handful of years I've just kind of been like, meh. <laughs> but but luckily I'll I'll be hanging out and and doing some news reports on Thursday. Maybe we'll do a full day of C. I don't know. Maybe we'll do the C report, maybe we'll do a Mr. C in the dark. Maybe we'll do something special. I don't know, just so I can like, you know, be amongst friends because it's it's lonely in San Antonio these days. Like I don't talk to many people. It's basically me and my sister and that's about it. <laughs> and that's not to say that she's not good company. It's just like, you know, <laughs> oh man, I think the last time I did a show on my birthday, was it last year? I don't know. I was like, I, I don't know. I was at a dinner and I had to call in and I was like, hey, this is Mr. C. It's my birthday. Anyways. Okay. Enough about that. Enough about that. Um, Actually, no, it wasn't even on my birthday. It was the day after my birthday, but whatever. Um, okay. So let's go back to this. W.C. Cranop uh, popping in. Well, he actually he was hanging out with us yesterday. Um, he said, ha ha ha. I'm recouping from a liquid diet last night, Mr. C. I mean, if it I mean, once it's chewed and masticated and it repeats on you, it's probably a liquid diet. Yeah, I do apologize. Um, okay, so every now and then, guys, I will put up some pretty heinous pictures of the swamp creatures, and some of them are very vomit worthy. <laughs> uh, tonight, tonight, guys, you're gonna see a bunch of swamp creatures. I promise you that. Like, so get ready. You're going to see a bunch of swamp creatures you may have never seen before. You may have never heard of before. Uh, unfortunately, not all of them have vomit-worthy pictures, but you will see a bunch of swamp creatures tonight. I'm going to show you some of these characters, especially surrounding the, uh, the, the conspiracy, which is a conspiracy fact, and the collusion of the AFL-CIO and the left. Uh, that basically work together to, I mean, this, uh, this kind of explains everything about why, um, it explains everything about why the uh, 2020 presidential election coup was as successful as it was. Because with all the data that, and I'm already getting ahead of myself, but with all the data was that was coming in, with everything that they were showing to us, there's no reason 
a uh, a a professional or a smart minded or an intellectual individual should not have seen it and said, you know what, we need to uh, push for Trump and his uh, and push for election integrity. But there was this whole I mean, this is this is the the entire undercurrent of what helped Biden and his administration get away with this. And let's not, well, we'll get into, we'll get into it guys, but let me finish up with this chat recap from yesterday. Um, okay. So uh, we had that going on. Oh yeah. Back to WC Cranop because his, uh, his, his diet was repeating on him yesterday night or no, no, the night before we didn't have as many swamp creatures um, that were causing, you know, the repeats uh, last night, but we will have some swamp creatures on the show tonight. Uh, but man, I got to say guys, and some of you guys probably know, uh, it sounds like W.C. Cranop knows what he's doing in the kitchen. <laughs> he was talking about stir fry and chili relleno casserole and uh, and bomb burgers. Man, dude, I would love to try some of your cooking sometime. Man, uh, I like to cook, okay? Not every day, but I do like to cook. And, uh, you know... I always appreciate a good meal, uh, but you know, guys, and I'm sure a lot of you guys would probably agree with me. Um, the best and the most important ingredient in cooking is love. Now, does that sound cheesy to you? Well, if it does get out of my kitchen <laughs> because everything tastes better when you put love and good intention into your food. Like, you know, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. And I live by that, uh, even though I eat burgers and, and junk food sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and pizza. Anyways, Connie Ketchup hanging out. Castle Drummer hanging out. Grafted in as well. Connie McKenzie, Philly Q, also in the house. WC Cranop gifting a thousand gold pills. And uh, also uh, sharing information about the Pacific Northwest because the Pacific Northwest is on fire. Now, I don't follow the um, fire, uh, the uh, wildfires too often here, um, but I've always had my theories about the wildfires and exactly why those happen. Like whenever California was burning down, I was like, oh, they're probably just burning down all of their forests, like, you know, uh, I don't know, like human trafficking like areas or, you know, where they do their rituals and stuff. They don't want anyone to know, like when they burnt down the uh, the. Uh, what was it? The Notre Dame, Notre Dame church in France. Like I was like, Oh, they're just getting rid of evidence, you know? And, you know, I don't know that to be true again, that, that would be wild speculation on my part, but it's fun to speculate sometimes. All right. Castle drummer gift in a can like how you cover the news, Mr. C. I'm in glad D that you do. Um, I try and I try, I do my, I, I do the best I can guys. So I'm, I'm happy that you guys uh, stick around for the ride and you like what's going on. And you know, uh, if you, if you, if you think this is worthy of, uh, of sharing, then I would, I would totally uh, encourage you all to share uh, the broadcast, whether it be live or whether it be by replay, uh, you know, spread the word, let people know. Uh, that, uh, you know, we're bringing you, we're bringing you news, Mr. C style here at the C report. And then of course I try and keep you all, um, uh, uh, afloat with the different shows too. So, you know, we got the C report, we got Mr. C in the dark, 
We have Lone Star News. There's no telling, you know, maybe I'll add another something in there someday, but it just, you know, uh, bringing you guys different styles of, uh, of uh, broadcasting as far as like news and current events goes, finding different ways to get it out there and to stay active myself, because at this point, this is my livelihood, guys. Like this is how, uh, this is how my, uh, this is how Mr. C, uh, um, you know, puts food on the tables. <laughs> You guys sharing it, you guys going uh, subscribing on the podcast and playing the podcast and you guys uh, donating gold pills or to my cash app like is definitely a big help. And uh, it helps things uh, move a little bit more um, fluidly here at the C household. Uh, all right. We also had Merkers in the house. The Speak Uneasy was hanging out looking up. Yeah, boy, death. Vent and more also in the house. Empress Beach to you, gifting a cookie, lurking and listening. You are awesome, Mr. C. Thank you, Empress Beach to you. You're awesome for always being in the audience. I always appreciate your words of encouragement. Weaponized Truth, gifting a cookie. Much love, friend. Uh, much love to you as well, Weaponized Truth. Uh, he His shows are generally on when the C reports on, so I don't always get to stop in to see. Well, actually, I haven't. I actually have not seen a live show of Weaponized Truth because he's on. He's usually on at 8 p.m. So I don't like I don't get to see his show live. And then I think he had a few like early shows. But when he's doing his early shows, I'm sleeping. So anyways, we'll see if I can't stop in and check out what you got. I've seen some replays weaponized. You're doing a good job. Uh, but, but hopefully someday I'll get to check you out on the live. Sean Joe gives him a cookie to speak on easy. Also gifting a cookie, supporting my buddy. Have a cookie on the bartender, my friend. You're most welcome. Uh, you're most welcome. No, many thanks. <laughs> to speak uneasy for supporting uh with the cookie um i could always use a snack here on the show uh wc cranop says uh well i'll translate well i won't translate in english but i'll translate for the spelling chupa mi verga vindman on second no don't you probably like it pendejo I won't tell you what that means, but if you know what that means, then God bless you. No, just kidding. Uh, we were pretty upset about Vindman yesterday. Uh, we we talked about Vindman trying to cash in, and now he's the whistleblower. In fact, Philly Q was in the chat, and Philly Q said uh, Charmello was the whistleblower. Charmello is being protected. Why? So I was like, hmm. Who is this Charmello individual? So I actually went and did a little bit of digging. Eric Charmello, okay. So this is a guy who worked on the National Security NSC. That's what it was called. And a committee, I think. And that was for, um, he was an Obama holdover. He worked with the CIA. Uh, and I think it was the, NS uh, the NSC for the CIA, National Security Council. Um, and so Eric Charmello, like, okay, so that was interesting because uh, I, when I was looking up this Eric Charmello guy, um, I was like, okay, so this is the guy who's supposedly the whistleblower. Blower. Uh, they were protecting his name. And then I found this video where Rand Paul, yes, that's right, the Rand Paul, actually outed the whistleblower on the Senate floor. And I was like, I remember this. I remember when Rand Paul did that. And everyone censored that video. I mean, we're talking YouTube censored it. Everyone censored it and you could not. And, and if they didn't censor it, they bleeped out the name, Eric Charmello. And he had done it on the Senate room floor. Well, now you can find the video and now you can hear him saying his name and you hear him saying Eric Charmello was the whistleblower, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, but looking into Eric Charmello because uh, Philly Q had put, he's being protected. Why? So the only thing that I could think about that is because um, 
what what if you were to like look into Eric Charmello, you would see that Eric Charmello was actually plotting to impeach Trump like two years prior, like in 2017. Uh, 2019 is when the impeachment trials happen. And then you have Eric Charmello on record in documentation, in meetings with other people, uh, trying to craft a way to impeach Trump. And then also he was very outspoken anti-Trump. Like he was a no-Trumper, never-Trumper, outspoken critic of Trump. So uh, the, the only thing that I could think to that extent, Philly Q, is that if there was evidence of him having a, a, an animus against President Trump, prior to whistleblowing on him, then it would just totally water down what was already a fake and cheap impeachment hearing via these transcripts that had absolutely no context to what was actually, I mean, we listened to Adam Schiff's uh, fake reading of the uh, transcripts yesterday. So you take those bogus transcript readings yesterday, couple it with the whistleblower who already had a severe animus against President Trump, and they had to protect him because there was no way. Now, they're saying, oh, because he might get taken out or, oh, President Trump's probably going to off him or some crap like that. But you know that that is not the case. You know it had to have been because of that, that obvious proven animus that this guy had against President Trump. And that is probably why they decided to keep him under wraps, having nothing to do with protection. I mean, the laws don't even protect the anonymity of a whistleblower. I mean, in order to prove a whistleblower, the whistleblower has to come forward. Like, the, the, we already know that that was all a bunch of hogwash, you know, but very, very interesting. And I'm glad that you threw Charmello's name into the chat, um, uh, Billy Q, because I remember that with Rand Paul, but um, but I never, I mean, you know, it, it was a wash after a while. And like, you know, you, you get caught up with everything else and you just forget so thank you for sharing that tidbit of information it was actually very insightful uh and i appreciate that so we can talk about it today uh next up we have texas gal thank you mr c here's that link for alan west thank you texas gal and uh, uh country gal on the sea for sharing that <clears throat> that link so now we have alan west's now we'll probably review that on lone star news this upcoming saturday don't forget guys we cover texas specific current events and news on saturdays myself and the texan and uh if you haven't headed over to texan's show yet uh, uh okay so i was a lurking a little bit last night they were having a really good conversation last night over at the Texans channel and we'll see we'll see if he's at it again tonight I bet you he will be uh maybe I'll pop in uh because I haven't said hello since he got everything smoothly working I tried <laughs> go back and look at all of his past episodes I was helping him as much as I could uh but then we we came up against a rock in a hard place and uh, he had to call in the big guns and it seems that that has worked out pretty good for him so make sure you go check out the Texans channel I know you guys have already uh, uh, but either way, it's it's a good old Texas time over there. But uh, Texan and I will be live on Saturday at 4 p.m. Texas time. That is uh, central time. And we'll be talking a little bit about uh, Texas news and current events. And we'll probably uh, take a gander at that uh, Alan West uh, vid that you shot over to us. Miss Texas gal, much thanks for that. We appreciate you. Love it when the audience gets involved like that. Uh, and, you know, if you got, if there are any pressing stories or questions that you have or, you know, things that you need cleared up, I can't promise you that I'd be able to clear it up for you. But 
I think as far as commentary and uh, and digging goes, uh, I do a, you know I do a, I do a, a, a pretty decent job, uh, and I think that I deliver you guys uh, some pretty crucial information or just an analysis that is different from other people, like an actual analysis. And uh, I, I I really enjoy doing it. You guys make this meaningful. You guys engage, and this is what I like about uh, uh, being here on the Foxhole app. Uh, if it could spread farther, then please share the C report, share this broadcast so that we can bring more family members into the foxhole, you know, and uh, we can get that word out there. We can strip Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, everyone. We can, stri- we can strip all of those bunk social media platforms of all the patriots and then maybe still manage to get some new awakening people into it to see all the great content creators and all the work that they're doing here. Um, <clears throat> Cause it is a, uh, it is an entirely different world here than it is out there in this freedom of speech platform known as the Foxhole app. And I think you guys would most definitely agree with that. Uh, casual Gigi was hanging out. Tron was in the house, hanging out also and derailing and one Scott. So that wraps up yesterday's C report chat recap that was uh for uh sandwich day august 4th 2021 (laughs) we're probably gonna make sandwich day the day uh august 4th mark it on your calendar pilled by the rabbit sandwich day is august 4th (laughs) Uh, so let it be spoken so let it be written all right guys we're about to break into today's uh c report let's see what we got going on in the chats before we do that again cage farmer thank you so much for your donation of an emp um i cannot uh he says keep rocking in it bud you're doing a great work uh i appreciate the kudos that keeps us going again 17 angels with the can uh, let's let's get kind of a roll call and see who all is in the house though before we uh before we get into today's c report of course we have just v aurelius lock texas gal sherry pittsburgh joan of sark how you doing tonight joan of sark glad to have you back tam Burrell, peeled by the rabbit two flowers oh this chat is moving too fast for me hold up hold up hold up let me let me yeah. okay let me <laughs> Let me get going. Okay, I think I got a hold of it now. Uh, Two Rivers. Hey, Mr. Uh, He says, hey, Mr. Hey, Two Rivers. How you doing? Uh, Anonymous, uh, 1276-040. Just seek God for future, though. Indeed, my friend. Indeed. Uh, let's see who else is in here. Just V gifting some shades. That oh yeah, that was the please don't see me happy happy birthday. Okay, Just V. Uh, someone's bound to know your birthday. Just V is blonde blue lady Q here by any chance? <laughs> hey, uh, Tam Growl. I say impeach forty six and impeach forty four. That's what I say. Uh, Obama needs to go down for some pretty dirty deeds. Like Obama needs to go down okay uh <clears throat> let's see here just v gets in a cookie thank you so much uh let's see uh country gal on the sea otherwise known as texas gal uh thank you for that texas gal says um shades for mr c broadway here he comes uh-huh. <laughs> i don't think my i don't think i'm that talented Hey, KH Farmer, I also had tacos for dinner tonight. No joke. I had tacos for dinner. I had uh, chicken enchilada tacos, but they were healthy. So they were cooked with butter. They were cooked with sodium-free fajita seasoning, which is no fun. (laughs) 
and then we also put red bell pepper. So you might think they were Asian, but they weren't. Um, um, and uh, what is it? Hold on. And uh, um, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, it was, you know, it was a good taco night. Thursday night taco night. Sure. Why not? Right. Um, let's see here. <laughs> okay. What else is up with you guys tonight? Uh, let's see. WC. Oh, hey, WC Cranop. What's up? We were talking about you. <laughs> we were talking about you. Maybe you. Yeah, we're talking about your cooking skills, dude. It sounds like you have mad cooking skills. That is uh, that's that's a good that's a good catch right there. If you ask me, always, always, always the people who can cook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just me gifting a cookie. Thank you so much. Chocolate chip on the way to uh, KH Farmer. Enjoy that cookie, dude. Enjoy that cookie. Uh, let's see what else we got here. That's full on tacos. Now I'm hungry again. Uh, oh, and and uh, just V's tossing the cookie to Aurelius. <laughs> a pecan sandy for Aurelius Locke, our friend here. Zena is also hanging out in the chat room. KH Farmer with the fleet. KH, Jesus. Uh, damn you talking about delicious food. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Well, thank you. We'll, we'll get some tacos on here if we can. Uh, Dragon Energy, uh, 45, gifting a can. Uh, thank you, Miss Dragon. Good to see you, Dragon Energy. How are you doing? Uh, love you. Love me some C, Mr. C, awesomeness. And just be gifting some shade. Steak tacos tonight. Oh, I could do steak tacos any night. Like, I love steak tacos. Oh, my goodness. And let's see, who else we got here? Fox Hoppin, Bat the Batman asks for my presence. Oh, Mr. C, Empress Beach to you, how you doing? PN is in the house. Casual Gigi is in the house. Sol Rico, welcome Sol Rico to the C chats. I don't think I've seen you here before. iRobot61, welcome back. I believe I already said hello to you, Sherry Pittsburgh, but hello again. And also Christina Fontana, aloha. She is in Minnesota, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone, touchdown for Christina Fontana. She's back on the uh, continental United States side. All right. Sounds good. Sounds like we got a great, a great group going on in the chat tonight. Uh, Sierra Mello. Yes. I found out to River Sierra Mello is actually pronounced Charamella. <laughs> and I'm glad I found that out. because I, I was like, wow. Okay. So Sierra Mello. Yes. Charamella. Charamella. It's pronounced Charamella. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Steak soup. Mm, that sounds good, actually. I need to say hey, service dog mom. How you doing tonight? Oh, you know, I need to find some really good soup recipes. I think soup is probably one of the foods that I eat the least of. But I mean, soup sounds smart. You get hydrated and you get your vitamins. You get your vitamins and your minerals. Right. And, and so anyways, sounds good, guys. Sounds good. Uh, one time I made um one time I made egg drop soup and I put way too much salt. And one time I made homemade chicken noodle soup and it was actually pretty good. I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, Anon 1276040 says the C report and loving the show. Awesome. Thanks anonymous uh, for uh, sharing that love with the chat and welcome, welcome, welcome to the C chat. Again, anyone who's new to the C chat and the C reports, come on in, say hello. Everyone here will make you feel extra comfy. Everyone uh, is, is, it's a super, super good group of people uh, to hang out with. I couldn't ask for more. I could not ask for more. Okay. Now guys, 
Let us get into today's C report. Like I said, we have got a show for you today. One of this is the kind of show that I just ah, oh, like I really like to share with people. Um, got a lot of vital information. We're gonna call out some of the swamp creatures. We're gonna talk about some of their schemes, and then we're gonna get into some more stuff. I mean, this this story that we have towards the end today about the NIH. Don't forget the NIH is the National Institutes of Health. Uh, now, this is the same entity that, through Ecolabs, funded the Wuhan coronavirus, China virus, uh, over in Wuhan, China. So the NIH is not only responsible for funding gain-of-function gain um, uh, research and into uh, what uh, uh, spreading diseases to humans from animals. They are also responsible for funding fetus harvesting. So stick around for that. Share that story if you'd like, guys. Oh my God, WC Crane Up 1776. I like it, dude. 17, 1776 gold pill. Mm-mm. That's a that's a that's a hats off to you guys. Like this, right? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to get into that story that that's going to be towards the end of today's report. I was appalled when I uh, read about that. But guys, uh, you know, we got to share this news. Keep everyone informed on these deeper digs. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and get to. So, of course, ladies and gentlemen, as always, President Trump leads at the Sea report So let's go ahead and get into a few of President Trump's statements for today. Um, and very timely statements. Uh, we'll start with the fun one. A fun one says, if our soccer team headed by a radical group of leftist maniacs, namely these lesbians. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I don't got nothing against lesbians. <laughs> okay. Let me not put words into President Trump's mouth. Okay. Let me read this straight. If our soccer team headed by a radical group of leftist maniacs wasn't woke, they would have won the gold medal instead of the bronze. Um, woke means you lose. Everything that is woke goes bad. And our soccer team certainly has. There were, however, a few Patriots standing. Unfortunately, they need more than that respecting our country and national anthem. They should replace the wokesters with Patriots and start winning again. The woman with the purple hair played terribly and spends too much time thinking about radical left politics and not doing her job. And what is her job? Her job is to kick a ball around, <laughs> okay? Her job is to kick a ball and run, you know, and maybe butt a ball with her head or something like that. It's not a hard job. Now, don't get it. Don't get. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying I can play soccer. I mean, I might be half Mexican, but I can't play soccer worth a damn. You know, I'm not going to run after a ball. I'm not going to watch the grass grow, but, uh, but indeed, like, isn't it, isn't that not interesting? It's almost like karmic irony, or it's almost like, I don't know, there's some kind of cosmic irony here that when these people decide to diss on their own country, they suffer on the field. And uh, I'm, I mean, it's appropriate, guys. It's, it's appropriate. It's, it's extremely appropriate that uh, if they want to dog on their country, if they want to dishonor and disrespect the United States of America, they're not going to play well because they're not they're not even they're not going to represent well because they have no sense of national pride. They have no sense of pride, period. They have no dignity. OK, so it makes sense that they would lose. 
because they feel like they're winning on their end, that they're going to win on the field. Well, let's guess what? When you go to the Olympics, and I've never watched an Olympics or even cared to, you know, I've watched, you know, halftime shows, but I've never really been a fan of the Olympics. I've just never been into it. But you have to know when you have the best of the best from their own countries going out there to do, uh, to battle athletically, like these people, they're, they're, they're fighting for the honor of their country. And clearly the United States uh, soccer team has no honor. And we knew that before they even hit the field because of everything that they have done and represented as far as, and isn't it funny that they're not the only ones I've seen some other uh, Olympians supposedly from America that are not placing well because I, uh, uh, could you say it's because they have no honor for their country? I, I would say that I would say that it parallels, uh, you know, their efforts there, everything that they've done here, you know, um, in the States and all the dishonor and disrespect that they've shown. I would say it very well parallels their performance out uh, abroad, you know. Now, here's one, another statement from President Trump that might be a little bit stinging to the likes of Senator Rand Paul. Uh, and then don't forget, you know, I, I, I was, I am a fan of the Pauls, you know, Ron Paul, I was there for him the entire way. Rand Paul, uh, you know, uh, he was my man in the horse originally, man in the horse. He was my man in the horse. <laughs> Whoa. He was my horse in the race. <laughs> okay. He was my man in the ring, uh, uh, in the, uh, 2016 presidential election. And that was uh, that was uh, before he was, you know, removed because he sucked. So, like, uh, I mean, glad that he's still fighting for us uh, to some degree. Uh, but this was this was actually a very I mean, you got to wonder, right, guys, you have to wonder when you start seeing the things that these people do that are outside of the national headlines, you gotta, I mean, and, and it's, and it's not to say that, Oh, I'm turning my back on uh, someone that I believed in, but you have to be discerning, right. And you have to be accepting and willing to receive all of the information. So, um, so in this regard, uh, we're talking about like, um, you know, uh, people who are forthright and I mean, cause there's like, what, like, uh, I don't know, between like six and 12 out of 360 something representatives or 400 and something, whatever, three, was it 360? I feel like it's 360 something representatives that actually are doing something for uh, the American citizens are actually fighting for the constitution, fighting for America out of 300 and something. There's actually like maybe, I don't know, six to 12 who are actually doing it. And everyone else is a rhino and a, a dem lib communist. Everyone else is fake, right? Everyone else is lying to their constituents, but there's like maybe 12 or less who are actually doing something. And I would have put Rand Paul in this group, you know, but you, I mean, it, it is extremely healthy. It's extremely healthy. I think every patriotic individual, I think everyone who has a sense of uh, uh, a common sense you know, or, or even a sense of, um, uh, what's the word, uh, um, uh, civility keeps coming to mind. That's all I'm looking for. Anyone who has common sense or a sense of patriotism, it is actually very healthy 
to question, right? We're, we're being discerning. So we, this might be our person, but we still have to be, uh, we still have to be watchful of, of their moves because you never know, right? Now, it's not to say that we're not trusting, right? It's not that we don't trust, but we have to be pragmatic. We have to be discerning. We have to be, uh, aware, you know, so, uh, President Trump leaves this statement about Rand Paul. Do you think Rand Paul will apologize for spending nearly $1 million on another candidate in Ohio's 15th district congressional race after I had already endorsed Mike Carey? Hmm. Now, we guys, we talked about Mike Carey the other day. You guys already heard about it in the headlines. You already know everything about that. Uh, Mike Carey was the endorsed candidate for President Trump in Ohio's 15th district. He won basically in a near landslide uh, the primary seat. So, you know, he'll be going up uh, against a Democrat, I guess. And uh, and they're already projecting him to be the winner of that competition. Uh, but here again, it's just like in Texas with Susan Wright over in a district, was it six, maybe I think it was, it's somewhere up near Dallas, you know, she was endorsed by Trump, but you had people like Rick Perry and, and a handful of other people who endorsed the opponent, Jake Elsey, and Jake Elsey ends up taking the competition. Um, but, but it's like, you know, when you start looking, and this is why you have to look a little bit deeper because within, within your own state, the real bomb legislatures might really do a good job on the national stage, but then they start doing these weird things. They start doing this weird things outside of the state of Texas, kind of like, and I haven't really talked about this, but kind of like Ted Cruz has been doing immaculate work. He's been doing really good work here in the state of Texas, but he's over there endorsing rhinos in other states. He's endorsing rhinos in other states, like known rhinos, like in the state of Virginia. He endorsed a full-blown rhino establishment-backed candidate in the state of Virginia. So you have to be like, uh, Ted Cruz, why are you going to go and endorse a full-blown establishment-backed rhino in Virginia? Should not you be voting uh, America first across the board, not just in the state of Texas? So you have to look at those things and see where they're really... Now, I'm not, I'm not pooping on Ted Cruz. I mean, I always said his spurs don't jingle, jingle, jingle. You know, but what I am saying is we have to keep that, you know, big picture kind of out there because he's doing he's fighting for the state of Texas. Yes, but he's supporting rhinos nationwide. That is not no, 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 no. So what's he going to do? Use the clout that he's raised in Texas to bring up rhinos in Virginia? I don't think so, Ted. You better check yourself, buddy. And you better do a little bit of studying. I don't care if she's pretty. Okay, you need to check yourself, buddy, because we're watching you. All right, we're watching you. And if you're going to support a rhino in the state of Virginia and ruin the state of Virginia for my friend Babs the Ice Queen, you got another thing coming, my friend. Okay, so anyways, back to this. Back to this statement from President Trump again. He says, do you think Rand Paul will apologize for spending nearly a million dollars on another candidate in Ohio's 15th district congressional race after I had already endorsed Mike Carey? In any event, Mike went on to an unprecedented victory, more than doubling the second placed uh, finisher and Rand's candidate came in a distant third out of 11. Rand is a different kind of guy, but I like him a lot anyway, and I'm proud to have endorsed him when he ran. Do you think he learned his lesson? 
All I can say is I hope Rand Paul did learn his lesson because I remember when Trump was running before he picked his VP. I was like, Trump, Paul, Trump, Paul, Trump, Paul. We don't want Trumpets blaring through the sky. Trumpets. We want to Trump all. We're going to Trump Paul, you guys. All right. So that was my I was like, that was my dream ticket. President Trump and Rand Paul. I was like, that would have been cool. But it didn't work out that way. <laughs> Anyways, our next statement from President Trump, uh, a very short but nice one. Uh, Thank you, Winged Foot Golf Club, for honoring me last night. There was true love and the spirit in the room. It was a great and well-run place. Giving a shout-out to Winged Foot Golf Club. Go for it. Winged Foot, huh? Winged Foot, like a messenger, like Mercury. Oh, come on. Hold on, guys. Uh, looks. Oh, Twitch is having some pro. Twitch is having some problems streaming. Oh, what's that? Interesting. It says we are having trouble streaming to Twitch. This may be an issue on Twitch's end. Like, what? Did I just get banned on Twitch? Uh, we'll keep trying and let you know if it's resolved. Please check Twitch to ensure the stream looks okay. All right, guys. I'm gonna go check my Twitch, even though I really don't give a damn. Uh, let's see what's up. Are we live on Twitch? Are we live? It's just the, there's a circle are of death on Twitch. On Twitch? Oh, we are live. <laughs> okay, let me mute that mofo. All right, okay, we're doing, it looks like we're doing fine. I was, okay, it says I am live. All right, we're good, we're good. Okay, uh, that must have been Twitch checking to make sure that uh, I'm paying attention or something like that. I don't know. But anyways, okay, let's see what else is going on here. Uh, we got a couple of more statements. Uh, let's look at this one right now. Uh, the biggest election in a long time is the one that took place in Ohio. Oh, we just uh, we just talked about that, right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. we talked about uh, Rand Paul. Okay, let's read this statement. Okay. Uh, The biggest election in a long time is the one that took place in Ohio's 15th district with the winner, Mike Carey. All of the radical left were talking about it because they thought they uh, that my endorsement candidate would not win, but he won in a landslide. Uh, It would have been headline news for days. Instead, there's virtually no story written about Mike's win. Rather, they cover another Democrat race that nobody even talked about before where a progressive went down in flames. Practically nothing is written about the big Mike Carey win. Nobody but OAN covers it. And that was in a case you missed it moment with OAN. And so we're going to share it. Natalie Harp, you're becoming a C-Report rock star. Uh, Let's go ahead and, well, I mean, why not? Let's listen to uh, let's listen to OAN, OAN's cover. I mean, we covered it yesterday, but listen to OAN's coverage of uh, Mike Carey's win. Uh, so we can kind of, we can kind of, you know, let it, let it sink in. We can absorb it. Right. And, uh, and any lefties out there will be like, Nyeh. President Trump's and the people's choice for Ohio's 15th congressional district, Mike Carey, wins his special election Republican primary in a landslide. Just take a look at these numbers. In a field of 11 total Republican candidates, 11, Carey won 36.97% of the vote. That's almost three times the candidate in second place. And as you can well imagine, the lamestream media is not too happy about this. Why, this race was supposed to be the defining test 
of President Trump's kingmaker ability, a test even after all this time, the fake and corrupt news media still couldn't or didn't want to believe that President Trump would pass. Take a look at some of these headlines. This in the Associated Press. Trump's kingmaker status faces test in Ohio's special election. Or in the Telegraph. Donald Trump's kingmaker status in Republican Party faces key test in Ohio. Or in the Business Insider. Ten things in politics. Trump faces major test today. Or this in the Washington Post. Opinion. Yet another Trump-endorsed candidate may lose. That could be a huge blow to the former president. And it wasn't just the headlines. No, New York Times political reporter Jeremy Peters took to MSDNC's The Readout on Tuesday to tell guest host Jonathan Capehart what a black eye this race could be for Donald Trump. If Michael Kerry goes down tonight, that is really mm -hmm. going to be a black eye and, and, and a, put a big question mark over... <laughs> the supposed political gold ticket that Donald Trump's endorsement is. Ah, but who's waking up with the black eye this morning? The fake news media? Well, just like everything else, they're trying to cover it up. As just like that, the fake news media stopped talking about Mike Carey's race. But President Trump is not letting them get away with it, issuing this statement. The mainstream media was chomping at the bit to report a loss for a Trump-endorsed candidate. They couldn't wait. In fact, the Washington Post still hasn't corrected their very old story. But lo and behold, instead of a loss, there was a landslide victory for Mike, a win far larger than even the most optimistic of polls. It was a great day for Ohio, but the story of this victory has been barely reported by the fake news. If my endorsed candidate would have lost, it would have been nothing but front page. Such a double standard. But congratulations to Mike. He will never let Ohio down. The lamestream media never learns, do they? In the 2020 primaries, on the House side, 120 out of 122 congressional candidates President Trump endorsed won, with the two that didn't, losing actually to more pro-Trump candidates, one of whom, by the way, is Madison Cawthorn. Can you get any more pro-Trump than him? And in the 2020 Senate primaries, President Trump's record is perfect, 21 and 0. But oh, all the fake news media has been able to fixate on is last week's Republican special election runoff in the 6th Congressional District of Texas, as Trump-backed candidate Susan Wright lost to another Republican by 2,530 votes. How could this happen? Well, quite simply, because the Democrats, of course, being forced to vote in a runoff where there were zero Democrats to choose from, decided of the two Republicans they didn't want the Trump-backed one, as President Trump pointed out in a statement, writing, my endorsed candidate won in the primary but the other outstanding candidate won the general election because virtually 100% of Democrats, approximately 17% of the total vote, supported the candidate I did not endorse. I won because we ended up with a great Republican candidate. The Democrats never had a chance. Busted the fake news media narrative. President Trump's election-changing endorsement power is not just unrivaled in how many wins he secures, but also by how much of a victory. And Mike Carey proves it for the umpteenth time as he will again in November when going up against the Democrat, Alison Russo, current state representative for Ohio's 24th House District, who, by the way, in her primary against just one other Democrat, only got over 13,500 votes, as a little over 16,000 Democrats voted. And on the Republican side, over 50,000 voted. So is it too early to call the general? Perhaps. Don't want to pull a Fox News here, but at least we the people can make a prediction. Kerry is going to win in a landslide, 
as he continues to ride the Trump wave. And that is a real story. Joining us now, the winner of Tuesday's primary and soon to be congressman for Ohio's 15th congressional district, Mike Carey. Mike, congratulations. What a day. That was bigger than anyone even expected. I, there's no doubt about that. I mean, we actually won every single what we, we lost one county and we only lost by a couple hundred votes, but we won every other county in the in the district. It was a huge win. Uh, the county that I grew up in years ago, my family's still down there. Um, we actually won that by close to 60 percent. I mean, there's no doubt. And I and I said to the supporters last night, we had about 150 people. I said, listen, if there is any doubt and I know we had some we had some media there. I said, if there's any doubt whether President Trump's endorsement helps, well, tonight is your answer. And I'll tell you, it clearly shows that he is the leader of the Republican Party. He is. And for you to be against so many different Republicans and to win by that much, almost three times the next candidate after you, that shows the enthusiasm that the people of this country are still behind President Trump and not the rhinos. They wanted to send a message, not just to you and the fake news media telling them the power of the Trump endorsement, but the rhinos to get ready for 2022. Uh, you're 100% right. And I will tell you, in this race, we had over a million and $1.2 million spent against me in this race by these outside groups that definitely support rhinos. Um, some of these negative attack mailers that went against me, which is blatantly false accusations. But the people saw through that negative ad campaign. We had a great ground game. Um, in, in Ohio, you can't vote as a Democrat unless you switch parties. You have to physically switch parties at the polls. So Republicans vote in Republican primaries and Democrats vote in Democrat primaries. Not like what you saw in the runoff in right. Texas. And that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to frighten people that, oh, my goodness, the movement's over just because of what happened last week. They never go into the details of it. But the press, you had to be amazed. Perhaps you anticipated some of it. But the Washington Post, every single network, MSNBC, all this pressure was on you. If you lost, it was just over for the Trump movement. Today, there's no mention. There was never any race yesterday. Poof, it's gone. It, it's it's absolutely amazing, and uh, I will tell you the lo the local radio stations, the 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 talk radio stations across the state, they've picked up on it. Um, but uh, you know, I was on the Bannon show the this morning. I mean, people across this this district, the conservative voters, people that people that are going to go to the polls in November, they know about this election. And listen, we we won with I think the total was what eighteen thousand six hundred and fifty five votes. I mean, that is huge. So I, I think uh, the enthusiasm with the voters, we did a tele-rally Monday night before the election, and uh, we had over 16,000 people that, that joined in on that tele-rally. It was just the president and I talking. So President Trump definitely has the enthusiasm of the Republicans. But I will tell you, in this district, it's not just Republicans. I had several Democrats come up to me and said, listen, I'm 100 percent with you because you're supported by President Trump. And we see that across this district. You're right. So they're going to cross over in the general. The fact that you won by that much against when you had 10 other people running against you, the Democrat in her primary, she only had one other and she barely crossed. What was it? 14,000. She hardly got any votes. And that was at 80 percent of her vote. How concerned are you about her? Do you think this is going to be just another landslide in November? That's what it looks like it's going to be. Listen, I think they're going to target this district. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I have never been, you know, I've never served in office. Um, and I had a lot of career politicians that were running against me in this race. Uh, she is also somebody that's been in office. 
Um, she's got a voting record that is horrible. And I mean, I, she, she makes Nancy Pelosi look like a conservative. Um, so I think the the left wing and I think all these, you know, the radicals and the environmental movement, they're all going to come after me and, and we've got to be fully prepared. Uh, so it's going to be a tough race. You know, you only have three months, so we've got to raise a lot of money and make sure that we get our message out. And this is a precursor because we got to get rid of Nancy Pelosi as speaker. And uh, this will be the this will be the precursor to 2022. So they're going to spend some money here. But, you know, we're going to have to raise it and we're going to spend it as well. Well, you were the first race, really, in terms of saving America, getting us on the right track for 2022. Mike, come back on, because seriously, this is such an important race. And I hope the media, they may not talk about it, but you know they're scared. You know the rhinos out there are scared because everybody's coming for those rhinos, especially in 2022. Congratulations to you and your family and your entire team there. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. All right, guys, that was a pretty good interview. If you ask me, very insightful, right? Like we didn't hear that much about Mike Carey, let alone hear him speak. Um, uh, you know, as, as and no one's covering him, of course, no one's covering him. So uh, that was, uh, thank, thank goodness for the likes of uh, Natalie Hart. Now that was funny. Did you guys catch that? Uh, did you catch that dig that she did on uh, <laughs> that, that dig she did on Fox News? She dropped some shade there. She was like, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves like Fox News here. <laughs> you got to love, you got to respect reporters that do that kind of thing, you know, on the air, at least of all. I mean, that's, that's just some funny stuff right there. Very funny stuff. But yes. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, just uh, just to share that interview with you guys in case you can get to hear it with uh, Trump's endorsed candidate, Mike Carey. First time first time in office guys and, and you know i have a feeling that we'll see a lot more of that like we were seeing a lot of that coming up i mean of course i guess you had progressives running people for the first time in office back around 16 17 18 uh but uh to have conservatives or america first i, I think that would be the best blanket right america first candidates uh, coming in people who've never been in politics people who are serving for the first time because they felt there was a need for that great stuff Great stuff. So uh, we'll listen to the we'll hope for the best of luck for uh, Mike Carey moving forward. He's already projected to win the district. He's already projected to win the district. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of tight competition. Uh, you know, they're going to pull out all the stops on him because they do not need they do not need and or want uh, uh, an America first Trump patriot there serving in that state of Ohio. Um I think there's a lot of factors that went into that, honestly. I mean, let alone that uh, that rally he did in Wellington. But I think there are probably some other factors that are involved in that as far as that goes. But, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good interview, too. Uh, next, uh, next and final statement from President Trump. It's good to see that the Atlantic magazine is losing large numbers of readers and a fortune of money. Only a widow of Steve Jobs and her boyfriend... I'm sure Steve is thrilled, would keep it going. So it makes you wonder, who exactly is Steve Jobs' widow? Uh, now, we've talked about Steve Jobs' widow here before on the C Report. I'm going to throw her picture up here just for you guys. There's Steve Jobs' widow. Her name is Laureen Powell Jobs, guys. And she has been touted as the female George Soros. Okay. A little bit more on that in just a, in just a few minutes. But uh, to finish President Trump's statement, 
It says, uh, people think it will close soon. We're talking about the Atlantic Monthly here again. It's Apparently it's hemorrhaging, the Atlantic Monthly. Uh, but it says, people think it will close soon, but who knows? It's amazing what happens to the discredited, discredited media like CNN, MSDNC, New York Times, and the Washington Compost. Their businesses have dropped off a cliff, which is actually a very good thing for American people because they are fake news. Likewise, the networks ABC, NBC, and CBS. So saith President Trump, talking about uh, Laureen Powell Jobs, guys. Laureen Powell Jobs, the uh, the female George Soros herself, the widow of Steve Jobs, the billionaire heiress. She inherited all that money. Uh, among other things, she is currently investing millions of dollars into artificial intelligence companies in Silicon Valley. But stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, because we will talk about Lorene Powell Jobs again in just a few minutes. But uh, where we're going now, ladies and gentlemen, that was a final statement from President Trump. Where we're going now is to this man here. Who is this hoity-toity feisty fellow on the screen? Well, some of you guys might have heard about it. And uh, we're here to tell you a little bit more today. This is none other than Richard Trumpka. Now, Richard Trumpka was the president of the AFL-CIO for more than a decade. So you're kind of wondering, what the heck is the AFL-CIO? The AFL-CIO is probably the largest and most powerful labor union in the United States of America. We're talking like Jimmy Hoffa powerful, like this guy way at the top, right? Way at the top. Anyways, he passed today of an, un well, what they're calling an unexpected heart attack, right? So when this, are, when I saw this today, I was like, hmm, was there anything untowards going on here? Did they use a heart ray gun, a heart attack gun on him or something like that? Like, what is really behind that? Okay, the man was 72 years old. He looks like his blood pressure is up. He looks like he eats, you know, the cheeseburger on, you know, every few days. Probably throws in some uh, greasy enchiladas and maybe some other uh, good food in there. That's, you know, you know, soul food. It just It's not good for the heart. It's good for the soul, but it's not good for the heart. Uh, so... Uh, I mean, I mean, very well, it could be that this uh, former president, because he's passed of the AFL-CIO, um, died of a heart attack, natural causes. Uh, but uh, when we examine a little bit more about uh, what the AFL-CIO was involved in, uh, with and uh, what he was allowing to happen uh, to someone like me, uh, the the uh, what would be the slightly paranoid, patriotic minded, conservative, whatever, <laughs> It's all these labels, right? Like, I'm America first. That's that's basically as easy as it gets, right? Uh, Trumka had headed the uh, labor union for more than a decade. He represented 12.5 million workers. Um, the AFL-CIO president was one of the nation's most powerful labor leaders. 12.5 million workers across these United States of America. Uh, he had emerged as a close ally of President Joe Biden 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Joe Biden, he was one of his friends. Uh, and he also backed the COVID-19 vaccine mandates for union workers. Um, and, and again, this was a, we don't need to, we don't need to repeat it, a big initiative for the president and his administration. He was a far left globalist. He also supported illegal aliens taking United States jobs. Had, I mean, and that's an interesting fact there too. Talking about union leaders trying to protect the jobs of American workers, this man had no problem with illegal aliens taking U.S. jobs. How would that work? I don't know. Is it because illegal aliens are used to having crime bosses telling them what to do and taking their money? Maybe that's why he was like, oh, this is a more willing crowd. So we'll go ahead and have illegal aliens taking union workers jobs, right? Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, there's been no comment from the AFL-CIO in regarding his death. But again, uh, they believe that he died of a heart attack uh, from some uh, close sources had said that. Now, he was also, um, uh, well, you know, he rose from uh, he rose from the ranks as a third generation coal miner. Uh, you know, he led the FLCIO, um, uh, the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations. In case you're wondering what AFL-CIO stands for, it stands for American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations. All right, 12.5 million members. But that, my friends, is just the start of the story. Now, why this went off in my register, why my spidey senses tingled, right? My spidey senses tingled when I saw that this man had passed. And, you know, I've got no receipts or sauce to back this up. But wait till you hear this story I'm about to tell with you guys. And I was wondering if any of you all had heard about this story before. And that was with the AFL-CIO, that's right, the uh, organization headed by this man, conspiring with several individuals on the left, as well as several organizations, as well as several industries, in order to ensure that the 2020 presidential election did not go to President Trump, um, but it was in fact, in fact, labeled as an effort to ensure the safe and secure uh, and democratic uh, passage of an election. Okay, so they all had an agenda, and that was to ensure that President Trump was not to be elected president. Uh, but it was it was hidden under the blanket of ensuring a safe and secure election, and ensuring election integrity, which I find quite funny. So now if we talk about the 2020 presidential election and we talk about everything that happened, right? We all know the score. We've been talking about it here at the Sea Report for since day one. And of course, for everybody who's out there, you know, observing other content creators, reading news reports, watching newscasts, checking out live streams. We know what's up. We know on the surface that what we're talking about here is massive fraud, okay? But keep this in mind, guys. This massive fraud was so blatant and so obvious and so communist and so un-American a lot of us sitting on this side of the line were kind of wondering how the heck did they get away with it? 
because it was so blatant in your face. And they had these hearings that were so, so, uh, so, so trans, transpiratory, so transparent about exactly what kind of fraud took place with affidavits, with data, with video footage, everything being laid on the table. How on earth is it that this fraud still was allowed to transpire, right? So then we have to think, okay, obviously a big chunk of this machine of fraud came from the midnight uh, ballot drops, the ballot stuffing, came from all the fraud that we saw across the board with Dominion, came from all the fraud that we saw across the board with the secretaries of state, everything that we've covered here on the C report, right? Okay, but now we have this. Why is it that we had political leaders, business leaders, big time organization leaders not saying anything? And we're talking about organizations and businesses that backed Trump to begin with. How many of these manufacturing businesses, for example, or like steelworks or like, you know, like uh, what else? Like uh, uh, woodworks, all this stuff, you know, construction, steel industries, mo uh, car industries, all this stuff. They backed up Trump because he was lowering the business, uh, business income tax. He was bringing manufacturing back to America. He was deregulating all of these industries so that this way they could function and not suffer penalties and pay extra fines. All of these things, they backed up Trump 100% on. They were like, yeah, President Trump, it's about time we had a president who's gonna you know, care about the American people, care about manufacturing, care about bringing back American jobs, all of this stuff. They were all for Trump, 100%. The AFL-CIO biggest union, of course, they are the biggest union in regard to, uh, in regard to uh, um, uh, labor and industrial organizations. So why is it, why is it that at the 11th hour, you had all of these industries going mute? They went mum, mum was the word. They didn't say anything. They didn't support President Trump, nada. It was no longer there. It was over with, no. They backed him up the entire time that he raised their industry and brought them money and brought them jobs to the people. But when it came down to the 2020 presidential election, when it came down to the wire, it was silence. It was crickets. There was no level of support. There were no union industry leaders. No one was coming out and saying, we have to back President Trump. This is fraud. Even though they laid the case out, even though everyone saw the fraud, you know, we saw the fraud and it's taken the people from January or from November until now to finally get it out into the public, to finally go through the litigation and all of the, the battles, the legal battles and the, 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 uh, the, the legislative battles to get this into the front again. The people have done this where the industry leaders backed out. And you would think with as much clout as these industry leaders have that they could have said, look, this is a fraud. We at least need to ensure that there was integrity in this election, but none of them did it. Why do you think that is? Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's just say it had to do with this man's organization. That's right, Richard Trumka of the AFL-CIO. Now, this story that I'm about to share with you guys broke like back in February or March. Back in February, I remember I read it back in February or March. We reported it here on the C, uh, on the C report back in February or March. It's a big deal, okay? Because the New York Times, no, no, I take it back. It wasn't the New York Times. It was Times Magazine. Time Magazine. 
Time Magazine is actually the one who broke this story. And, and it's not even a break. They didn't even break this story. Let me tell you what this is. Time Magazine was not reporting on, oh, they, the, the CFI, uh, the AFL-CIO and leftist organizations, the AFL-CIO and big tech organizations, the AFL-CIO and members of the Democrat and the Republican parties were working together in coordination to ensure that President Trump did not win this election, Okay. They didn't report that. The Times didn't. What the Time magazine did is they reported a story where they bragged and boasted about how they swept this election from underneath President Trump because they had President Trump's administration had everything in place for the people to see exactly what was going on. But when it boiled down to it, you had media, big industry, big tech, big union and big financing and also rhinos and the Democrats working together to ensure that he would not win this election, regardless of all of the evidence that he had laid out to that point. Okay. Big deal. These guys published this story that basically laid out everything that they did to undermine this election, to disenfranchise more than one third of this country from the president that we selected, that we elected to, to lead this nation and to free us from the bondage that the globalists have kept us in for decades. Okay. And that's why this is a big deal. When I saw that this dude was dead, I was like, huh. I was like, all right, all right, Richard Trumka, you dead now because they're probably cleaning house. Now that's just speculation, but that was my thought, right? They need to get rid of this guy because it's because of his organization that they were able to undermine. Now, now how would you say that that was done? It's because again, guys, remember when we were talking about how when we are going to gather, you know, and, and, and we're going to push, why is that no one else sees? Why aren't they making the moves? Why didn't the Trump administration just act? It's because polls, ratings, public opinion, all of that matters in this day and age. Now, that might seem shallow and stupid to people like us, okay? But to the general population, taking a step back, looking at things from like a thousand feet away, like you can't make a move if you have a majority public opinion swaying the other direction, okay? And that is one of the methods that the AFL-CIO and all of these organizations, and we're going to talk about that right now, that they they knew that if they had the sway, if, if the AFL-CIO and these leftist organizations knew that if all of the people in the industries, whether it was media, big tech, industrial, union, financial, rhino, Democrat, if everyone at the base of that was on their side and they all wanted to strip President Trump of his uh, right to presidency, then they would win because all of the big names were against him. And these are even names that supported him during his administration the first four years. Okay, so that's why this is a big collusive conspiracy thing, guys. Like, it's huge. It's 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 much bigger than people have been able to really specify. But you don't have to take my word for it. Now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to spill into this. But I want to share this video with you real quick from uh, Devin Nunes. And, and he's going to give you kind of a quick, 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 quick of summation, uh, abbreviation summary of what we're about to get into, because we're going to name names and we're going to show you pictures. And that's coming up right after these messages.
Connect with Devin, part of the Devin Nunes Podcast. Subscribe on Rumble.com to watch or download wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Here's your host, Devin Nunes. Welcome to another Direct with Devin. I want to read you something. You're not going to believe this, but what if I told you that there was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans that got states to change voting systems and laws. Don't sue me. Don't want to be sued. But this was an effort to affect the 2020 presidential election. I suspect the media and lapdogs watching this video right now think I pulled that language straight from Q, whatever it is, and all the other conspiracies that they say Republicans are listening to. In fact, they're likely typing up an article right now denouncing me as a dangerous conspiracy theorist engaged in sedition or insurrection, whatever their latest scam is. Ironically, though, this claim of a grand conspiracy between left-wing activists and business titans was recently made not by some right-wing conspiracy theorist on one of the right-wing stations that they all hate, but by Time Magazine. Yes, that's right, the old famous Time Magazine, which quite frankly, I don't read. But eventually I had enough people send me this article, so I decided to read it. And what they detailed was a left-wing conspiracy to affect the election. In fact, Time is gloating about the left's ability to influence the election and get away with it. So I do encourage you, probably for the first time ever, you need to read this latest article in Time Magazine. Many Americans have rightly called out this blatant double standard. When conservatives express concern that left-wing activists work to change election laws ahead of the election, they're branded conspiracy theorists. When Time Magazine plainly brags that left-wing activists work to change election laws ahead of the election, it's celebrated. According to Time, left-wing activists weren't undermining election integrity, they were fortifying it, if you can understand that one. Of course, the only thing the left was fortifying was its chance to defeat Republicans on the ballot box. The left is not worried about hypocrisy. They're worried about one thing, power. Time Magazine possibly let the mask slip. It's unknown, but for sure, left-wing activists wanted to brag about what they did in this past year's election. Stephen Nunes, thank you for listening. Stay up to date by subscribing on rumble.com to watch the podcast or download wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so that is from Mr. Devin Nunez. Of course, we all know that he's a, we all know he's a badass, right? <laughs> so, okay, so that's what we're talking about. That's, that's, that's kind of the premise right there, guys, of what we're talking about now. Uh, for the remainder of this, I will be sharing with you guys. Uh, it's a long article, guys. It's but that doesn't matter. We'll be sharing with you guys some. I will be sharing with you guys some direct snippets of that article, so you know what they're writing about. Now, when the Time Magazine published this article, their whole premise was that they did this to ensure election security. They wanted the people to know that they thwarted the end of democracy. They were bragging. They were boasting. They were basically putting their names. They were signing to me. They were. Signing signing their treason certificates, okay, because they were telling you exactly how they did it, okay, they're telling you all of the underworkings, all the underpinnings, all the undercurrents that were used in order to make sure that they were going to 
basically snuffed out any chance of Trump being president. So even when it got to a head, guys, even when it got to a head, there was no way that he could move forward with the truth that he was telling us. It was rigged. It was fraud because there was no big name in the industry, no big name in the industry that would support this man and support constitutionality and support true freedom in America. Okay. Now, the work, the work of these people from the AFL-CIO and beyond touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and help secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers, and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and used data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. They executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over days or weeks, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories about voter fraud, right, Uh, and false claims of victory from getting more traction, okay? So this is all, and it's amazing that the Times Magazine or Time Magazine was so bold to publish this article. This is like an indictment on themselves. They're they're totally letting people know about themselves. It says, uh, after election day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the result. The untold story of the election is the thousands of people of both parties who accomplished accomplish the triumph of American democracy at its very foundation. Okay, that's why. The participants want the secret history of the 2020 election told, even though it sounds like a paranoid fever dream, a well-funded cabal of powerful people ranging across industries and ideologies working together behind the scenes to influence perceptions, change rules and laws, steer media coverage, and control the flow of information. They were not just rigging an election. They say, ladies and gentlemen, that they were fortifying an election. That is the doublespeak sick, twisted projection that they put on their actions. They're like, oh, we're not rigging an election. We're fortifying an election for the deep state. They're fortifying an election for the globalists. And that's why you see things like HR1 out there right now. The For the People Act, right? Because they're trying to fortify their theft of an election. They're trying to fortify the fraud and make sure that they can do it again. Okay? This was a tell-all, guys. This was a tell-all article guys that they actually put in the time and the afl cio this richard trumka organization was at the top of it okay as 12.5 million don't forget guys in states like wisconsin and michigan and pennsylvania who were the ones that were running the polls who were the ones that were at the ballot counting centers they were sci and other unionized workers that were hired to do the job 
like union workers were being put in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and probably other places, although we know in Georgia that was taken up by happy faces over by uh, a smelly butt, uh, smelly butt, uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, um, Stacey Abrams, right? Her organization, she, Georgia was covered. They had happy faces over there. But in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, union workers were the ones that were being put in. Members of this union were being put in to ensure that they did what they were told to do okay and who else paid for those besides having their union bosses and everyone local making them do it you also had zuckerberg and the center for uh, the center for tech and civic living and guess what guys they're involved in this too so now we talked about the center for tech and civic living don't forget just yesterday we were talking about how arizona is going to their general their uh, auditor general to find out how that was spent don't forget we talked about how the center for tech and civic living totally spoiled the wisconsin election and the rate in the wisconsin five and they had all this money going to wisconsin we talked about how the center for tech and civic living also was in georgia pumping five million dollars over there to ensure that what they wanted to happen happened i was dumbfounded to find out that uh the center for tech and civic living uh via one zuckerberg was also in meetings with the afl cio to see this happen guys and don't forget this richard trumka guy was an ally of joe biden okay so all of this is massive collusion massive conspiracy massive treason they totally 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 rigged and overtook an election guys okay so let's get back into this all right here's your first person now we already saw what richard trumko was like but this guy here his name is mike podhoser <laughs> or podhoser 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 <laughs> anyways this mike podhoser um, he has been uh, working with the AFL-CIO. He was actually the senior advisor to Richard Trumka over at the CIO for nearly a quarter of a century, for almost 15 years. This Mike Potterzer was the senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO. And don't forget, Trumka only served for about 12 years. So this guy was as a senior advisor before Trumka, okay? So if you want to know who was pulling the strings, it was probably this guy. But Trumka, he was all up for it. You know, he was all up for it. So again, now uh, he was the uh, senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO. Of course, as the largest, uh, the, the nation's largest union federation, and he marshaled uh, the latest tactics and data to help its favored candidates win elections. So whomever the AFL-CIO favored as a candidate, this is the man that was behind it. Now, he is an unassuming and professional, but he isn't a sort of hair-gelled political strategist, okay? Um, among, Dem uh, among Democrat insiders, he's known as the wizard behind some of the biggest advances in political technology in recent decades. Um, most of the planning uh, took, oh, he, he said this, he said, most of our planning took place through election day, but we are not prepared for the two most likely outcomes. So again, this guy is a strategist. He is the advisor, senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO. And this is what he's thinking about the, the this is prior to 20, the, the election day. He's already strategizing and he's saying this, we are not prepared for the two most likely outcomes. And his opinion, the two most out, uh, likely outcomes of the presidential election was either Trump losing and refusing to concede 
or Trump winning the Electoral College despite losing the popular vote by corrupting the voting process in key states. He also said regarding the 2020 presidential election, we desperately need to systematically red team this election so that we can anticipate and plan for the worst we know will be uh, the outcome. So it's almost like they knew that President Trump was going to win and they were already going to plan to make sure that that win would not stand. Now, the alliance uh, that this guy started, now this guy's strategizing about all of the fields and all of the areas that they need to do in order to ensure that Trump does not secure his his win. On March 3rd, he drafted a three-page confidential memo titled Threats to the 2020 Election. Okay, now, in order to secure the vote, uh, this man, Podozer of the LH, uh, the AFL-CIO, he knew that he would have to get other industries on board, okay? He would need help from the tech industry, from uh, the media industry, from, legis- uh, from politicians, everything. So one of the first places he went to was the Center for Tech and Civic Living. Now, guys, we have covered the Center for Tech and Civic Living so much on the C-Report. Let me try and straighten this out for you guys. There we go. Uh, Civic Life, I apologize. The Center for Tech and Civic Life. We've covered, we did an entire episode on these yahoos. Like we talked about everything they were doing in Wisconsin and other places. And we know that this is a a Zuckerberg funded nonprofit organization. They have other organizations under their umbrella, including an organization called uh, National Vote at Home Institute. Okay. So the National Vote at Home Institute and the Center for Tech and Civic Life are under the that's all funded uh, zuckerberg and his wife pumped like 350 million dollars into these organizations i think the total was about 450 million altogether but then they used that money and they dispensed it throughout these united states of america to assist in progressive and democrat voting centers to push uh ballot uh, mail, uh ballot drop-off boxes uh uh well the article let's tell, let's tell you what the article says you've already heard me say this but so this is what happens uh the first task was overhauling America's bulky election infrastructure. Okay. So they had to get at the infrastructure of America's elections uh, in the middle of a pandemic. Okay. Now we know that the pandemic was set up to their benefit, right? For the thousands of local, mostly nonpartisan officials who administered elections, the most urgent need was money. They needed protective equipment like masks, gloves, and hand sanitizer. Now, that is what the Center for Tech and Civic Life set themselves up for. They're like, well, it's a pandemic. Well, you can count on this nonprofit private money sector to give you that money because apparently Congress can't do it. So that's what they were going to do. That's what the point was. We know now that a lot of that money went into hiring, staffing, mail drop boxes, uh, buying vans so they could go do things, placing ads, uh, buying uh, jingles and rap artists to sing their commercials. Like that's what they were spending their money on. Okay. And there's no telling what else that money went to. Not every state has disclosed where that money went. Wisconsin has. We reported on Wisconsin and how they actually had um, a survey. Uh, how was your money spent by the Center for Tech and Civic Living? And we found out some of the areas that they spent their money in Wisconsin. Arizona's up to bat because uh, uh, Senator Kelly, uh, Senator Kelly, <laughs> we just talked about her yesterday. Uh, Senator Kelly, I can't, what is her last name? 
It'll come to me. But Townsend, Senator Kelly Townsend has just gotten with the Auditor General in Arizona to find out what was going on with the Center for Tech and Civic Life in Arizona. Right. So that's happening now. Uh, so we can kind of get to disclose. Don't forget, they spent five million dollars in Georgia. They spent you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars here in Texas. It was basically about 37 states that they spent all their money on that it went into to fund what was going on in the states, in progressive and Democrat areas. And, you know, since then, states have, uh, you know, started to pass legislation to prevent this kind of thing from happening again. But it happened in 2020. Now, this uh, Michael Podozer, the, uh, this, uh, did I say that right? Podozer? I'm just gonna call him Podozer because I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. It's Pod Podhorzer is the way it's spelled. But again, this, uh, this senior advisor to the president of AFL-CAO, the senior advisor to Richard Trumka, got with uh, Zuckerberg, basically, because they, they knew that the states needed money. So they were gonna tackle it this way. They needed to pay for postcards, letting people know they could vote absentee, or in some states to mail ballots to every voter. They needed additional staff and scanners to process ballots. Private philanthropy stepped into the breach. An assortment of foundations contributed tens of millions in election administration funding. The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative chipped in $350 million. Um, and uh, let's see, Amber, Rain Amber McReynolds, who's another philanthropist from the National Vote at Home Institute, um, was also uh, there to fill in some of that. Now, let's not forget, the National Vote at Home Institute works under the umbrella of the Center for Tech and Civic Life. I find it kind of funny that this Time Magazine article did not include the name Center for Tech and Civic Life. They did mention Zuckerberg. So Zuckerberg had meetings with this AFL-CIO senior advisor, but they did not name his organization. Okay, they just said that he gave that much money. But... Uh, that is his organization, and the National Vote at Home Institute is working underneath that umbrella, okay? So there's where they get their help from big-time philanthropists. Like, this, guys, is like, uh, I mean, we're not even through half of this, and it's like the biggest story of uh, conspiracy, collusion, treason, racketeering. I mean, a lot of these people are involved in the same things. Like, you know, when we start talking about these kind of stories, they keep coming up over and over and over again. So it's like, is this racketeering? You know, like it could be racketeering. You know, it could be. All right. Who's this person on the screen? This is uh, Lauren Quinn. So, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I take that back. This is Hannah Freed. Okay. Hannah Freed. Now, what was Hannah's job? Okay. So Hannah's job was to ensure that black Americans voted by mail because they knew that among black voters, there was a preference to exercise their franchise in person. In other words, they're, they like to go vote at the polls. Remember souls to the polls, right? Like the black, black America likes to go out and actually do it. Like cast that ballot, hit that electronic device, punch that hole. Right. Don't forget here at the C report, we are big proprietors of hole punchers. OK, a hole puncher can go a long way. All right. We don't need slot machines or electronic machines. All we need is a good, secure ballot and a hole puncher. And we're good to go, people. OK, so anyways, her job was to make sure that black Americans uh, wanted to vote at home. Right. That was her thing. 
uh, because Black America does not trust mail-in voting. Now, national civil rights groups worked with uh, local organizations to get the word out that this was the best way to ensure one's vote was counted, okay? In Philadelphia, advocates distributed voting safety kits containing masks, hand sanitizer, and informational brochures. Um, uh, this uh, Hannah Freed said, we had to get the message out that this is safe, reliable, and you can trust it. Okay, so that was her job here. Like, again, we're going to name names and drop photos of these individuals. Next person up is this individual. This is Laura Quinn. Okay, so listen, Laura Quinn, her job was to battle disinformation. Disinformation, right? You remember how we had all of the uh, people being banned, people being censored, uh, posts being blocked, little like uh, little flat or posts being flagged saying this is disinformation, all that stuff. It's this woman right here, guys. Uh, you might think that Zuckerberg and and uh, and Twitter, you and you might think that they came up with this on their own. But they would not have done that if in meetings her part her part was to figure this out. Okay, they would not have done that if they had not met with the AFL-CIO senior advisor, Michael Podhauser, and this woman. And in meetings, they figured out, oh, well, that's what we got to do. We got big tech on board already. So how are we going to combat disinformation? Or actually, how are they going to combat the truth? How are they going to combat the millions of Americans who are hitting social media and telling everyone this was a fraud or telling everyone that, you know, President Trump is their president, right? Well, we're looking at Laura Quinn now. This was her part in the scheme. Now, Laura Quinn is a veteran progressive operative who co-founded a, a group called Catalyst. And they began studying this problem that is the uh, problem of uh, truth, <laughs> truth, uh, truth uh, uh, spreading a few years ago. Now, she concluded that the solution was to pressure platforms to enforce their rules, both by removing content or accounts that spread disinformation and by aggressively policing it in the first place you can thank laura quinn and maybe she should be at the she should also suffer this big tech this big tech uh um a lawsuit class action lawsuit that president trump is handing to them because clearly the people over at twitter and facebook would not have done this if it had not been for her guys we're naming names and dropping sources i'm telling you guys right now and this is why oh richard trump is dead good let's talk about this a little bit in case you guys missed this story like i said we're talking about it now okay because this is not new news this is old news but uh i'm glad to share it with you guys it was perfect platform so uh laura said the platforms have policies against certain types of malignant behavior but they haven't been enforcing them so she had to get them to enforce them. Quinn's research gave ammunition to advocates pushing social media platforms to take a harder line. In November of 2019, Mark Zuckerberg invited nine civil rights leaders to dinner at his home where they warned him about the danger of the election-related falsehoods that were already spreading unchecked. It took pushing, urging, conversations, brainstorming, all of that to get to a place where we ended up with more rigorous rules and enforcements, said someone named Vanita Gupta, 
who is the president and CEO of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, who attended that dinner and also met with Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey and others. And now this, uh, this Vanita Gupta was also nominated as the Associate Attorney General for Pedo Joe himself, guys. So there's a little bit of insight onto how that crap got started. Let's talk about this guy. This guy's name is Dick Gebhardt. Now, Dick Gebhardt was uh, the former Democrat House leader who had since turned into a high-powered lobbyist who spearheaded the coalition on spreading the word within the United States legislature. Right, guys. This is the guy who had to spread, oh, well, did you know what? The AFL-CIO and big tech and everyone else, this is how they're going to make sure that no matter how much Trump cries about this uh, fraud, no one's going to do anything about it. This is the guy who started spreading. Now, there's two of them, of course, because you need a Republican and a Democrat leader. So this was the Democrat who did it, Dick Gebhardt, right? And all of these guys are named in the Time magazine, guys. Like, I'm just almost going straight off this article to tell you what's what. All right. But they spelled it out themselves because these guys have it. You know how they say that villains always got to, to monologue? Well, yeah. Okay. They need to make sure the American people knew exactly how they won. They were just bragging to their peers, basically, in this article, guys. They're just bragging to their peers. Now, as I said, Dick Gebhardt was the former Democrat House leader. Um, he is quoted to have been said, we wanted to get a really bipartisan group of former elected officials, cabinet secretaries, military leaders, and so on, aimed mainly at messaging to the public, but also speaking to local officials, the secretaries of state, attorney generals, governors, who would be in the eye of the storm to let them know we wanted to help. So he's signaling to all the Soros-backed attorney generals, all the Soros-backed secretaries of state, all of the communist Chinese-backed governors that, hey, guys, toe the line. We got this entire coalition of treasonous SOBs who are ready to stand again, stand with you when you say, no, President Trump, you did not win this election, right? I mean, this is why, this is why there was no fireworks, guys. This is why it was so weird that with all of this evidence and affidavits coming forward, nothing happened because they had the right people and the right heads of industry working together to conspire to bring this election to its coup, to its, its uh, treasonous conclusion, guys, treasonous conclusion. You heard it here, okay? Local officials, secretaries of states, attorney generals, governors, cabinet secretaries, military leaders. Okay, that's what these guys now. This is this is Gebhardt who worked on the side of the Democrats, not to mention that he also um, he also had contracts that put 20 million dollars behind this entire effort. So he also put his money where his mouth was. Let's look at the Republican leader. This jerk off here, his name is Zach Womp. Zach Womp was the former GOP congressman who worked through the nonpartisan reform group Issue One. That's the name of his issue. It was Issue One 
to rally Republicans, never Trumpers. Probably the uh, the ten the ten uh, idiots who voted to impeach Trump. I wouldn't doubt that Adam Kissinger and uh, and uh, uh, Liz Cheney were involved in this with this uh, Zach Womp guy. Zach Womp said, we thought we should bring some bipartisan element of unity around what constitutes a free and fair election. Again, this is all under the guise of a free and fair election, but it's fraud and treason. Treason comes to mind most. Um, so apparently the 22 Democrats and 22 Republicans on the National Council of Election Integrity met on a Zoom meeting. So we need to find out, I need to go find out who these 22 Democrats, but more importantly, who these 22 Republicans that served on the National Council of Election Integrity in 2019, 2020 were. Okay. Now with these 44 members, half of them being Republicans, they ran ads in six different states. They made statements, they wrote articles, and they altered local officials to potential problems, alerted local officials to potential problems. 22 Republican representatives, rhinos, okay, writing, writing statements, writing articles, alerting officials, running ads, okay? I wonder what these ads look like that were anti-Trump, right? They're probably like, to save our country, to save democracy, we have to vote for Biden or something like that. Like, I don't know what those ads look like. Maybe I'll be able to dig those up. Sorry, I couldn't do that for today. But this is insane, guys, right? Like, this is like almost overwhelming when you think about just how much went into this. And again, the AFL-CIO, Richard Trumka's organization, the man who's now dead of a heart attack. I don't know, guys, after you've heard all of this, do you think that that was a heart attack or not? I mean, it's still open to debate, you know, speculation is a fun thing. But anyways, um, uh, uh, let's say uh, Womp went on to say, we had rabid Trump supporters who agreed to serve on the council based on the idea that it's honest. They were using deceit, but they thought they were doing the right thing. Uh, this is going to be just as important, he told them, to convince the liberals when Trump wins, whichever way it cuts, we're going to stick together. All right. Now, perhaps one of the last individuals or groups we can talk about in this entire conspiracy, because there is a conspiracy here, was the United States Chamber of Commerce. OK, and they found this to be a rather interesting, uh, interesting. Um, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, interesting uh, unity here. Right. Uh, alliance, an interesting alliance between between the largest and most powerful union and the United States Chamber of Commerce, right? Now, you have to wonder, and you know that all of these people, you know they've got some dirt. You know they've been doing things that are bad for this country because they're all working together to make sure that President Trump and the United States do not come out on top. Now, a week before Election Day, uh, Podhauser or Podhorzer, the uh, the uh, um, what do you call it? Senior advisor to Richard Trumka uh, received a message from the United States Chamber of Commerce. Now, this was uh, again a strange alliance because between the AFL-CIO and the Chamber of Congress uh, Commerce, 
there is a history of antagonism with each other. You have to think about it, right? You know, they're not particularly partisan, but here you have one group, the AFL-CIO, that pumps millions of dollars into Democrat supporters. And then you have the Chamber of Congress that pumps millions of dollars into Republican uh, Republican um, supporters. Um, and, and, you know, they're basically, they would basically be like, you know, enemies, you know, like the, 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 they don't, you know, you have one side is labor and one side is management, right? They don't compute with each other, but they came together. Now, a gentleman by the name of Neil Bradley, who is the Chamber of Commerce's executive vice president and chief policy officer, wanted to send a broader, more bipartisan message. He reached out to the AFL-CIO through an intermediary, and they agreed, and they agreed to form an unlikely alliance that would be powerful. And they began to discuss a joint statement pledging their organization's shared commitment to a fair and peaceful election. Again, even in the Time magazine, they are saying that all of this, uh, all of this, this whole body of treason, this whole body of conspiracy was all based around fair and uh, fair and peaceful elections, which is ridiculous, right? It's propaganda. It's 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 a bold faced lying, otherwise known as gaslighting, right? That they're giving to their readers so that when people pick this up, they'll be like, "Oh, well, they ripped off Trump so that we could have a fair and peaceful election." How is that fair and fair? You know, if you're ripping off someone who rightfully won, okay? Double speak to protect their butts, right? To protect their butts. That's what this was, okay? Now, they uh they chose that their they chose their word schedule. They scheduled a statement. Now, the statement was released on election day between the Chamber of Commerce and the AFL-CIO uh under the name of Chamber CEO Thomas Donahue and AFL-CIO President Richard Trumka and the heads of the National Association of Invalid <laughs> They even had the church involved, guys, the National Association of Evangelicals and the National African-American Clergy Network. Even these guys were involved in this. OK, and their statement said it is imperative that election officials be given the space and time to count every vote in accordance with applicable laws. We call on the media the candidates and the American people to exercise patience with the process and trust in our system, even if it requires more time than usual, because they knew what was up. They knew what was going on. They knew for a fact that this Venezuela communist socialist style of a coup was going to take more than a day to get completed especially considering the massive landslide that our president won by in these United States of America, guys. Now, that is a summation of the Time magazine article where they boasted about their crimes against the people, against this country, and against our Constitution. It's laid out plain and clear for you guys when we're talking about how they got away with it at the state level, the judges, the legislators, the senators, the secretary of states and the governors. It's because of these guys. When we talk about how big tech got away with censoring, with banding, uh, uh, banishing and also with pumping up money into all of these states. 
It's because of the AFL-CIO and what they did with all of these individuals. They're the ones that put it behind. They're the ones who put it the whole plot behind everything, guys. And so Richard Trumpka is dead now at the age of 72 from an alleged heart attack. Okay? And uh, all of this happened under his watch. All of this happened under his watch. And I just thought that I might share that information with you guys tonight. And we'll see where these seeds will grow. <laughs> because that's some pretty heady information, y'all. And it blew my mind. And I'm sure it's blowing y'all's minds too. But that is... That's from their words, guys. That is from their words. The left, the progressives, the globalists, their words I just shared with you guys, their entire blueprint. They exposed themselves. They dropped trow for us to see, but we ain't going to smell those roses, right? We got to do something about this. We have to do something about this. And it's not going to happen again. It is not going to happen again. Not in these United States of America. It is not going to happen again. All right, guys, we're not done yet. <laughs> it's, I told you it's going to be one of those episodes. Uh, we're going to run, I, I imagine we're going to run at least another hour here. Let's go ahead and, oh, who's this? I told you there's going to be, we've already had a whole bevy of song creatures on this show today. <laughs> We've already had an entire bevy of uh, swamp creatures on this show today. Who's this? Who's this individual? Oh man, she looks like a reptilian, guys. Her name is Juliet Cam. Juliet Cam. So why is Juliet Cam coming up into the forefront of today's Sea Report? Well, it appears that, and this goes, at, this actually goes back to President Trump's statement about Lorraine Powell Jobs, and. Her magazine, The Atlantic, remember The Atlantic magazine? Okay, this is a lefty organization magazine. This is Steve Jobs' widow, billionaire heiress. But let's talk about Juliet Cam first, because Juliet Cam actually appeared in this most recent Atlantic article where they're talking about how the unvaccinated should, uh, should uh, be put on no-fly lists, all right? Uh, we should not be a uh, we should not be a special class citizen is basically what they're saying. So uh, to be sure, Julia Kayum is the former assistant secretary of Homeland Security under President Obama. OK, and um, on Tuesday, she called for the Biden administration to restrict the unvaccinated from flying by placing them on a no-fly list. So I am already totally, I mean, I would not have been her supporter anyways. I would not have been a fan. But now I got my eyes on you, girl. Okay, we don't like this here. You ain't gonna, you are not gonna restrict my ability to travel. Uh, uh, so now this came out in the Atlantic, right? The Atlantic, which is again, this is, this is a, this is the, the love child of, uh, of uh, Steve Jobs' former wife, because he, he died, right? Her, his widow. Um, now, the headline from the Atlantic read, unvaccinated people belong on the no-fly list. That was the name of the article in the Atlantic that was just published. Unvaccinated people belong on the no-fly list. Bollocks to you, my friend. Well, they got pushback from this title. So they changed the name of the article to unvaccinated people need to bear 
the burden. Okay, so that's what the, do I have a, do I have an Atlantic? Oh yeah, there we go. There it is, the Atlantic. In case you didn't recognize the name of it, there's the title of it. There's the uh, the graphic for the Atlantic. So yeah, so that was what the article was. They changed the name from uh, unvaccinated people need to be on a no-fly list to unvaccinated people need to bear the burden. Okay, um, uh, so, that's, uh, so that's what it said. Now, KM, this is Juliet KM said in a statement, if you submit to uh, heightened scrutiny in advance. Um, TSA ProCheck will let you go through a security check without taking off your shoes. A no-fly list keeps certain people off the plane entirely. Um, uh, the article continued, flying is not a right, and the case for restricting it to vaccinated people is a straightforward. The federal government is the sole entity that can regulate the terms and conditions of airline safety. And although air filtration systems and mask requirements make transmission of the coronavirus unlikely during any given passenger flight, infected people can spread it when they uh, leave the airport and take off their masks. The whole point of international travel ban is to curb infections in the destination country. To protect itself, the United States still has many such restrictions in place beyond limiting the virus's flow from hotspots to the rest of the country, allowing only vaccinated people on domestic domesticated flights will change minds too. Oh, is that a fact, Atlantic Monthly? Because if you ask me, it is the vaccinated people who seem to be spreading the coronavirus to begin with. All right. And you guys know that. I know that. Now, this Juliet Cam suggested that the holdouts, the people who are refusing to get the vaccines, uh, though they might have a variety of motivations, um, should have a prohibition on the airline travel placed because that would get the holdouts closer to getting the vaccine. Right. She says 41 percent of the unvaccinated said if traveling by air was uh, prohibited from not from me, then I would probably get the shot. So apparently 41 percent of the people out there have said 41 uh, uh, percent of the unvaccinated have said, well, if you take away travel, then, yeah, I'll get the shot. OK, so they're they're trying to push this right. Less than half, less than half of the unvaccinated people say that Cam also champions shaming the unvaccinated who should face scorn, she says, among their peer groups and may even be happy to have an excuse to protect themselves. So now she's saying half of us are spineless cowards who are just looking for a reason to get vaccinated. Oh, well, you know, I'll be happy to say I'll get the vaccine. Like this is a peer pressure thing. Like this is an after school special. Like we're going to be like, oh, well, I'm not getting the vaccine. But um, uh, if they keep me off the fly list, at least at least when I talk to my friends who are unvaccinated, I could say, well, I wouldn't be able to fly. I wouldn't be able to fly if I got the vaccine. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to get the vaccine and it'll be make it easier for me to tell my friends who don't get the vaccine why I got the vaccine because I have to fly. Right, man. And there's a, there's a lot of pressure coming from this, guys. Um, let's see here. Uh, and then it just goes on to talk about, uh, you know, how Disney and Walmart and Broadway are 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 trying to force their uh, co-workers to get to get vaccinated. So anyways, very crooked. Uh, KM concludes, this Juliet KM, amid a global health crisis, people who defy public health guidance are not and do not 
deserve to be a protected class. No, we get to be a secondary class because we choose not to follow these bunk and uh, fraudulent claims that these vaccines help. Ridiculous, guys. You guys know it's ridiculous. I don't need to repeat that word. <laughs> you guys know it is ridiculous. Uh, WC Cranop says, I'm putting off fishing trip to Cabo against uh, again because of this crap. Suppose uh, Supposed to be there mid-September. Dang, boy! Cabo! That sounds like fun, guys. And uh, yeah, again, thanks, guys, for tuning in. 123SKG, thank you for the can. Connie Ketchup, the cookie. WC Cranop, thank you for the shades. Uh, Sean Joe for the cookie. Tips McGee. I like your name, Tips McGee. <laughs> uh, thank you for tossing in a cookie. Excellent show. Thank you. You're very welcome. Very, very welcome. I'm glad you guys are enjoying this information. Uh, okay. All right. Let me get back into it. Uh, before I get too sidetracked and thanks for hanging out again, guys, we're doing a long show tonight. Cause I got, I, we're not done yet. Like we got some more information. Um, we got some more information. Okay. So now we know that this, uh, former Obama, what was she again? Former Obama, uh, former Obama assistant secretary for Homeland security, Juliet can put this in Atlantic, the Atlantic magazine. We heard President Trump talk about how the Atlantic magazine is losing money, right? They're losing money in readership. And uh, Steve Jobs, a widow heiress, is the one who's behind it. And, uh, and uh, that would again be Laureen Powell Jobs. Now, if you guys don't remember this woman with the heavy eyes, un uh, sacks under her eyes, right? Laureen Powell Jobs. We talked about her a couple, probably about a month or two, probably about two months ago. We featured a story on her where she was being touted as the female George Soros. Speaking easy. Thank you for the cold one. I appreciate it, sir. Can of gold pills. Now, uh, now she, now this, now the Atlantic magazine, that is her baby. Okay. That is her magazine. It is a hard left progressive journal been out for a while. I mean, it's been out for some time now. I mean, I, I don't have the exact release date when it started, but it's been out for years, years, guys. It's a go-to for a lot of people. Now, the Atlantic magazine owner, this Laureen Powell Jobs, again, she is, um, she's also um, um, standing with this uh, Juliet KM person on ensuring that the unvaccinated are put on no-fly lists. Now, this is in spite of the fact that she owns two private jets herself. Now, this is from Breitbart News. Breitbart's the one who actually did the expose on this woman uh, about two months ago. Okay, Atlantic Magazine billionaire owner and widow Steve Jobs, uh, Laureen Powell Jobs, um, also owns two private jets and published this article about uh, what we just covered, right? That was this past Tuesday when that came out. Now, um, again, issuing a no-fly list is what they're calling from. But what we want to kind of talk about here is how this is the female George Soros. Just to refresh everyone's memory in case we forgot um, um, about this. Now, uh, Jobs is seen as one of the world's most important philanthropists. Okay, um, and and she has, uh, I mean, she she has quite some wealth, guys. She's a billionaire heiress, right? Um, and again, uh, it says here that jobs, wealth, and class status is detailed. Again, it was uh, Breitbart News' editor-in-chief, Alex Morrow. Now, he published a book called Breaking the News, Exposing the Establishment's Media's Hidden Deals 
and Secret Corruptions. I, I got to get my hands on this book because it sounds like there's a lot of tea or a lot of uh, sauce or many receipts are covered in this book. Um, Jobs is a privileged one. She attended the Wharton School of Finance at the University of Pennsylvania and Stanford and then worked for Merrill Lynch and Goldman Sachs. I mean, they all run in the same circles, guys. Okay. Uh, but again, getting back to that. Um, oh, oh, also, I guess, I guess this is good for perspective. Um, uh, her net worth is $16.7 billion. That is her net worth. She owns shares in Walt Disney Company and also in Apple, along with four real estate properties worth tens of millions of dollars. Uh, she is reported uh, to be the sixth wealthiest person in the world behind L'Oreal shareholder uh, Liliane Betancourt, Walmart heiress Alice Walton, uh, Mars heiress Jacqueline Mars, Italian Michelle Ferrero's widow Maria Fran uh, Franca Fisolo, and German BMW heiress Susan Clatton. All women, guys. All women. The six wealthiest people in the world are all women. They're probably all witches, too. They probably dance around a fire butt naked, worshiping Satan. I don't doubt it, guys. I hate to say it, but I don't doubt it. Okay, so the female George Soros, right? This is Laureen Powell Jobs. Female George Soros, philanthropist, puts her money into Democrats and liberals' pockets and uh, political action committees, puts her money into nonprofit organizations, puts her money into media espousing far-left and progressive ideals. Whoops. Uh, Jobs is an uh, is an investor in Axios, which is a prestige prestigious DC Washington DC news outlet with an HBO television show. She also funds Mother Jones and ProPublica, both of which are part of the activist left, but also does substantial reporting. The Emerson Collective. Now you know how um, George Soros has open so open societies. That's his uh, nonprofit. Open societies. Well, her her nonprofit is called the Emerson Collective. Okay, so you have open societies with Soros, and you have the Emerson Collective with this uh, this Powell Jobs woman. Um, now, the Emerson Collective has also partnered with Now This. You know, guys on YouTube, it's all Now This, and they have all of this leftist propaganda news uh, news slant, right? Uh, and also a hyper-partisan left-wing viral, oh, now this, it's a hyper-partisan left-wing viral news video corporation targeted at millennials, okay? They do those like one or two minutes, now this news segments, right? Okay, so do you wonder where all of these things come from? Well, we're talking about it. We, we talked about all of the corruption with the AFL-CIO and how all of that was put together. Now let's talk about this woman here. We're naming names and we're, well, we're taking names and we're, we're going to round them up, guys. Jobs also has funded acronym now acronym is a democrat technology venture which pumped 25 million dollars into courier news now courier news claims to be uh, an independent local newsrooms fund like courier news is a fund for independent local newsrooms across the country but in actuality courier news is much more partisan Okay, so you now you wonder how all the local news stations, the small mom and pop, and then there's no small mom and pop news stations anymore, but all your local news is being funded by this woman through Courier News. Okay, so this way they get the same talking points. 
Bloomberg's Joshua Green described Courier News as the left's plan to slip vote-swaying news into Facebook feeds under the guise of hyper-targeted hometown news. You, I mean, come on, guys. Like, we're, we're, we're connecting all the dots here tonight at the Sea Report, okay? So, okay. So, anyways, um, left-of-center media watchdog NewsGuard said this of Courier News. Courier News and acronym are exploiting the widespread loss of local journalism to create and disseminate something we really don't need. Hyper-local partisan propaganda. There is no such thing as local news anymore, guys, unless you're watching the Sea Report and uh, Lone Star News. No, just kidding. <laughs> In addition to backing major media brands, Emerson Collective actively supports the Democrat Party. In 2016, the Emerson Collective gave $2.5 million to the DNC, uh, to the DNC Super PAC called Priorities Action USA. Um, and uh, Laureen Powell Jobs is more than a major Democrat donor. Her, um, um, her general service administrator, uh, individual by the name of, Ta of Dan Tangerlini, was also President Obama's education secretary, okay? And she's also said to have a very personal and close relationship with what the hell Harris, Kamala Harris, who was formerly California senator and, of course, state AG. Uh, she's also fighting for amnesty for DACA recipients and illegal aliens, as well as pumping millions of dollars into AI companies in Silicon Valley. So again, that's just a quick refresher on this Laureen Powell Jobs, the female George Soros, right? I bet you George Soros wishes he was that pretty, right? He's like, he's, he's sitting there in that little circle. He's like, ah, Laureen, I wish I was as pretty girl like you. Because <laughs> I have a feeling he's a big homo. Anyways, it's... <laughs> Oh, why is it the most evil ones are homosexual? I don't get it. But anyways, okay. So yeah, so that's that's a quick a quick profile on her. But of course, again, this was all about the Atlantic article where they're trying to uh, make us unvaccinated people uh, to be second class citizens and to strip us of our freedom of travel, right? Uh, so um, we have what I'd like to do next is also uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that entire entire deal here. We're going to go over to the White, Comet, uh, the White Coat Summit. Now, if you guys remember what the White Coat Summit is, now this was America's frontline doctors. Now, we're going to look at some of the legal aspects of this. And again, I thank one of our listeners and our audience over at the Foxhole for sharing this information. I know it's been, it's, it's, this happened like on Tuesday, uh, this video that I'm about to share with you guys. Um, uh, it was like Tuesday or so. Uh, here in my hometown of San Antonio, Texas, we had a White Coat Summit. It was the second one that they held for America's um, America's uh, uh, frontline doctors. Oh wait, that's coming up after that. Let me let me back it up a little bit here. Tell you what I'm I tell you what I'm gonna do. Let me get the video on the screen. I'll leave that up there with uh, Judicial Watch because we'll be going into Judicial Watch after this quick uh, this quick. Uh, Quick intermission. No, it's not an intermission. We're not taking an intermission. But what we are going to do is we're going to watch two short videos from the White Coat Summit. 
um, that uh, goes to the legal, uh, whoops, wrong one, that goes towards the legal legal issues with uh, this the whole COVID, the shots, the vaccines and stuff. So uh, I, was, I was reviewing some of the content about the White Coat Summit and the America's Frontline Doctors, and they have this entire, this entire like symposium with multiple people in the, giving a discourse about, about how we can fight it legally. Uh, so we'll start off with this video. This is Lori Brander, okay? And what she's going to do is kind of spell out how we as American citizens can fight this. Uh, and she gives us all the skinny on uh, what America's frontline doctors has to offer for us. Now, I uh, America frontline doctors, you guys remember, they were censored right off the bat back in like March or April of last year when they did their first summit, when they are like, this COVID is a sham. The pandemic is a sham. But this was before the vaccines, right? And they've never gone away. Um, um, and America frontline doctors, guys, like <clears throat> this is going to I think they are the they are the spearhead when it comes to fighting for America against the medical industrial establishment and how they are pushing all of this willfully and, and maybe blindly. And so I would say blindly in some cases, but willfully for sure. And, and maybe it's a little bit more than blindly in some other cases, uh, but I can't judge that for a fact. But let's go ahead and listen to uh, Lori Brander real quick. We'll, we're not going to play the whole segment, but just some of the juice, some of the meat of what she has to say. And then uh, we'll take another look at one more. Again, this is going to be more about the legal aspect and how we as citizens can fight back against these mandates that the likes of the Atlantic Magazine and Laureen Powell Jobs and, and Juliet Kayem are trying to force on the American people strip us of our rights well we're not going to let it happen ladies and gentlemen but uh we need to stay educated and that's what this is all about i'll tell you that it started one year ago and i was sitting at my desk working and i divorced myself from mainstream media 10 years ago um so i had suspicions at that point in march i started doing a really deep dive and i was already questioning everything that was happening I wasn't worried about myself because of my robust immune system and my focus on health, but I was concerned for my parents and my friends and family. Do you all remember when Fauci and the Surgeon General told everyone not to wear a mask? And then two weeks later, the Surgeon General was teaching us how to make one out of a t-shirt? Yep. So, one July day a year ago, someone put me on a live feed through Facebook Messenger, and I found myself watching the video. The doctors in their white coats, the steps of the Supreme Court, you know the one. Watching that video was a turning point for me. I shared it with everyone I knew on my Facebook feed. I was so excited. Finally, finally we had information. Sadly, within a few hours, that video disappeared into the internet ethers, along with a lot of other videos I was watching at that point um, from alternative media sources massive censorship had entered our scene. I have to say that the biggest takeaway from the White Coat Summit video was the clear message, nobody has to die. The White Coat Summit may have changed a lot for, may have changed things for a lot of you as well. A lot has happened since that time. Fast forward exactly one year, the plot has thickened with further threats on freedom and the jabs. The battlefield rages on, 
And I find myself through magic, luck, and fate to be on the front lines of this fight with amazing people like the four speakers before me and all of you. Every day, AFLDS is growing and bringing on more coworkers. We're also continually modifying our website and resource libraries. So I'm going to touch on a few of the fantastic resources that the website has available. First, we have a tab for people to get legal help on the AFLDS website. If you fill that form out or have people that you know fill it out, you can be connected to an AFLDS lawyer. And within just a few months, we've matched over a thousand people with attorneys in their areas. We also have sections on the website with citizens tools for masks and the law. There's a portion of the website where downloadable forms that people can fill out and customize for their own personal situation. There's an employer letter, school letter, um, and a lot of information and resources on what citizens can do to affect change in their own community, as well as information on discriminatory policies and videos by our own Ellie Schultz and our legal director, Dr. Shelley Cole, on the masks. We feel in the following months that a lot more citizens are going to have to take a stand for themselves. Sadly, as you know, there just aren't enough lawyers out there to help all the people that need it. So the tools on the AFLDS website have been put there for the people. And if a lot of you have offices, law offices, direct your assistants and your receptionists to tell people about our resources. If your law office can't help them, empower them to help themselves. The website also contains citizens' tools on vaccines in the law. We have information for active duty military personnel, vaccine letter templates, and a notice of liability to schools, as well as a notice of liability to vaccinators, which is very interesting. We also have the criminal resources that you're going to be hearing a lot more about in just a little bit. You can find also valuable videos, legal articles, the AFLDS white paper, and all of our recent pleadings and lawsuits are all connected to AFLDS or americasfrontlinedoctors.org. Finally, look for the Join Us tab if you're an attorney, paralegal, or retired judge and would like to join as a volunteer, as a member of our attorney alliance to receive referrals, or even if you would like to jump in as a litigator for one of our strategic litigation suits. I'm sure that if you're a lawyer in this movement, you're getting a lot of calls. So educate your staff about our legal empowerment tools, tell your assistants and your receptionists, let's help the citizens with knowledge. Knowledge is power. There's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. Thank you. All right. So there goes the first video. America's Frontline Doctors. Very, very useful information. Just kind of an outline there real quick on the how they can help uh, and what you can do. <clears throat> Sorry, getting myself getting myself tangled up here in all of my cords and stuff like that. Um, but let's go ahead and take a look at the next one. Now, this next one is all about the uh, like real. It gets into the real legalese of it, guys. Like it really uh, uh, gets into um, gets into uh, what we can do and stand. Very very useful information, I thought. Um, and that's a. Uh, Todd Collender, uh, he is the one who is uh, 
going to be speaking. We will be fooled no oh, longer. The tiny. Oh no! I forgot. There we go. That's Todd. Uh, so what happened? What had happened was, um, I had a, I was actually reviewing this video yesterday over at America Frontline Doctors website. Right. All I was doing was reviewing it. I was just watching it. And then um, today, when I went back to the website, because that's where I was pull I'm pulling this video from, was on their website, the video that was set up specifically, like we just watched with, uh, we just watched with uh, this uh, Lori Brander. It was just her video. It was like a six-minute video about her uh, and her, her piece in the symposium. Uh, his was, I could not access it. In fact, America's frontline doctors.org did not seem to want to let me in to watch this video again. It's kind of like what happened to me on uh, Saturday when I was on, uh, I was using my, I was using my anonymous Facebook profile and they booted me off of Facebook on the air, like my entire account boot, just totally booted. Uh, so uh, consequently, I had to find the entire symposium, the entire discourse for this gentleman. Uh, this is uh, Todd Callender. He's a lawyer. Uh, I had to find uh, it's a two hour, two hour video, but I could no longer view his segment. I have to go and find the entire video and look for him. So that's what I just did right now. Anyways, you probably you guys probably didn't even need to know that. <laughs> but I thought I would share it with you. You know, some of some of the battles that we go through behind the scenes at the Sea Report from being booted off of Facebook to being restricted access on America Frontline Doctors websites. Yeah, I guess they I guess they pick at me where they can. But uh, let's go and check this guy out real quick. Listen to the information that he has to say, because, again, this is information to assist us. Uh, uh, in regards to these people coming after us, the, the way we can do it legally. And as uh, Miss uh, Brender just uh, shared with us information about how we can combat that by getting uh, hooked up with America's frontline doctors. They even talked about how we could, uh, they even talked about how we can get uh, uh, prescriptions from America's frontline doctors. Uh, some of the friends have been sharing that in the chats as well. So these guys are a total resource for us. And I think, honestly, I think when we're talking about setting up freedom hospitals and freedom clinics for people who don't want the vaccine, maybe America's frontline doctors could do something like that. Maybe maybe we should send the idea over them to like, hey, America's frontline doctors, why don't we get together and make freedom clinics for people who don't believe in the vaccine or the masks to fight and combat these uh, big establishment medical uh, medical industrial complex uh, um, uh, types of establishments. I don't know. Just ideas. Good afternoon, Texas. For those of you that, that missed my last little speech, I just wanted to say uh, I'm really appreciative for being here. Uh, thank God above to be with you and to be with the doctors and everybody else that volunteered to come here. I have to do kind of a repeat of my conspiracy theory, Jeff Foxworthy show, uh, just for those that didn't get it the first time. I've got some extra ones. Last time we talked about refuse engineers being conspiracy theorists, and we all are. So I've got one for you. If you think your government lies, you might be a conspiracy theorist. 
if you think the media lies to you, you might be a conspiracy theorist. If you wear a badge and arrest people for a living, you might be a conspiracy theorist. And guess what? If you believe in the Constitution and you believe in this flag and you think somebody's trying to take it away from you, you might be a conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy is a crime by itself often used as a predicate offense. It's uh, an agreement between two or more people to endeavor a crime, to plan a crime in one step in furtherance. What, what is a theory? It's what cops call probable cause. So the CIA came up with this term. It's neuro-linguistic programming. It's designed to make us feel like we're going to be excluded from the herd if we have our own independent thought. People are afraid of being outside of the herd. So it's easy to name somebody. You're a conspiracy theorist. I apologize for not introducing myself earlier. My name is Todd Callender, by the way. In my day job, I practice international law. And you'd be surprised how often it happens that criminal law becomes a part of international law. You'd be surprised also how far along this one world government thing is. So I live outside of the United States, and I've had to participate in, how would you describe it, a regulatory burden overcoming it. The OECD is the Organization for Economic and Cooperative Development. It is, in fact, the tax and fiscal policy arm of the United Nations. And they have done an amazing job, a regulatory job. They have harmonized everybody's tax laws. They've harmonized everybody's criminal laws. They've put codes on every chemical, every diagnosis. And all of the world is now harmonized. So it makes my job as an international lawyer a lot easier because guess what? What works in this country works in every other country, and it is all done by convention, by UN convention. Which, by the way, happened. The United Nations was formed more or less the same time as the Nuremberg Code or the Nuremberg um, Trials. And I just want to spend a second on Nuremberg principles. I'm sure you've heard about it a little bit before. It arises from the atrocities of World War II, where prisoners were experimented upon, amongst other things. That all happened in 1945. And really what it created was the first principles, the first recognized principles of international criminal law. It also provided for death penalties, capital punishment. One of my colleagues had mentioned that, in fact, some of the doctors that took part in Nuremberg's uh, atrocities were hung, as were people that helped them. So no longer after the Nuremberg Code can you say, yeah, I shot him with a, with a vaccine. I was just doing my job. That doesn't work anymore. And just because you come from a country where the death penalty is not allowed also does not count. Our team, I'm part of the criminal team, not that we are criminals. We are helping people, regular old folks, um, take apart. So we recognized some months ago, maybe before that, that people were so frustrated they just wanted to do something, anything. They didn't have an outlet. So we came up with this idea that we would uh, write a form criminal complaint, make it form law, that anybody and everybody could download 
and they could use it for themselves. It's really just a, a foundational document, but it does list a lot of crimes, uh, and rightfully so, going back to the conspiracy theory as a predicate offense, you can find laws both in international law, meaning UN conventions and the international agreements, multilateral agreements, that talk about things as war crimes. Can you wage a war by yourself, or do you need somebody else to do that? Again, two or more people planning a crime in one step in furtherance. Crimes against humanity. That came out of the Nuremberg Convention, or Code, Codex, I guess it's called. Genocide. Homicide, attempted homicide, criminal assault, criminal battery, fraud in connection with a major disaster for emergency benefits, and racketeering. All of which effectively require, not all of them, I should say that, most all of them require the predicate offense of conspiracy, that agreement between two or more people. So we wrote out this criminal complaint, and with my colleagues who I'll introduce you to in a minute, we came up with um, all of those crimes alleged complete with extensive evidence. The story begins some years ago with something called the Good Club, where the ultra elite, supremely wealthy, including Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, sorry for all of you that love Oprah, Warren Buffett, they all got together in New York and they decided that the world is overpopulated. And you to cause terror, economic hardship, depression, false imprisonment, injury, death to the global population, and psychological warfare, all under this word called a pandemic. We call it plandemic. It required complicitors who used their media apparatus for the purpose of public policy, coercion, travel restrictions, employment restrictions, liberty restrictions, all in furtherance of a criminal enterprise, to trick, to coerce, to intimidate, to com And just because you come from a country where the death penalty is not allowed, code for the Nuremberg um, trials. And I just want to spend a second on Nuremberg principles. I'm sure you've heard about it a little bit before. It arises from the atrocities of World War II where prisoners were experimented upon, amongst other things. That all happened in 1945. And really what it created was the first principles, the first recognized principles of international criminal law. It also provided for death penalties, capital punishment. One of my colleagues had mentioned that, in fact, some of the doctors that took part 
and Nuremberg's uh, atrocities were hung, as were people that helped them. So no longer after the Nuremberg Code can you say, yeah, I shot him with a, with a vaccine. I was just doing my job. That doesn't work anymore. And just because you come from a country where the death penalty is not allowed also does not count. Our team, I'm part of the criminal team, not that we are criminals. We are helping people, regular old folks, um, take apart. So we recognized some months ago, maybe before that, that people were so frustrated, they just wanted to do something, anything. They didn't have an outlet. So we came up with this idea that we would uh, write a form criminal complaint, make it form law, that anybody and everybody could download and they could use it for themselves. It's really just a, a foundational document, but it does list a lot of crimes, uh, and rightfully so, going back to the conspiracy theory as a predicate offense, you can find laws both in international law, meaning UN conventions and the international agreements, multilateral agreements, that talk about things as war crimes. Can you wage a war by yourself, or do you need somebody else to do that? Again, two or more people planning a crime in one step in furtherance. Crimes against humanity, that came out of the Nuremberg Convention, or Codex, I guess it's called. Genocide, homicide, attempted homicide, criminal assault, criminal battery, fraud in connection with a major disaster for emergency benefits, and racketeering, all of which effectively require, not all of them, I should say that, most all of them require the predicate offense of conspiracy, that agreement between two or more people. So we wrote out this criminal complaint, and with my colleagues who I'll introduce you to in a minute, we came up with um, all of those crimes alleged complete with extensive evidence. The story begins some years ago with something called the Good Club, where the ultra elite, supremely wealthy, including Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, sorry for all of you that love Oprah, Warren Buffett, they all got together in New York and they decided that the world is overpopulated. And you would have seen after that Bill Gates up on the stage, no different than this one, saying, yeah, the world's overpopulated. We got to get that, that carbon number down to zero. Well, this is the creation, the foundation of what it is we have today. Certainly, they're not the first, but they are all eugenicists. And they openly stated that. So along comes then this uh, biological entity, funny enough, Event 201. Has anybody heard about that? So that was the practice run. It happened all of two months before we had the bioweapon released. So the, uh, the theory of the case goes something along these lines. Conspirators planned, invented, created a biowarfare weapon in joint collaboration with the Chinese government or some part thereof to purposefully release the COVID weapon to cause terror, economic hardship, depression, false imprisonment, injury, death to the global population, and psychological warfare, all under this word called a pandemic. We call it plandemic. It required complicitors who you coercion, travel restrictions, employment restrictions, 
liberty restrictions, all in furtherance of a criminal enterprise, to trick, to coerce, to intimidate, to compel global populations into receiving one or more experimental gene therapy shots. I think you all understand that. These are not vaccines. They're not vaccines by definition, and certainly they are experimental. Going back to the Nuremberg Code, which is uh, patently illegal to say, actually to say nothing at all, right? Informed consent is one of the deals that you have to do. Uh, how can you have informed consent when the inserts to the package, I don't know if anybody ever seen that. Uh, they pull out the, the box, the vial comes in and pull out the, in, the insert. There's nothing on it. So how can you have informed consent? How can you understand what is in this experimental shot if there's literally nothing at all printed on the paper? They used the experimental gene therapy shots in addition for the delivery of nanoparticles, lipid nanoparticles. What is that? If you can imagine these are atomic-sized delivery devices, and they carry around, I guess it's called proteins, viruses, whatever it is, antigens, designed to make your body react in a certain way. They use nanoparticles to genetically modify, track, record, provide signals intelligence, programming, and complete control over humanity. And completion of the crime of the criminal enterprise is to tag, track, code, rate, measure, restrict, manipulate, dominate of every person and their rights on this planet. That's the theory of our case. Has anybody ever heard of Agenda 21, the agenda for the 21st century? Again, going back to international law, multilateral convention. Uh, it started really 1994 in the Rio conventions. We're going to save the planet. Save the planet because humans are the cause of all the ails that we have here. Anthropogenic uh, destruction. So out of that climate accord um, came, again, a series of multilateral treaties, treaties generally known as Agenda 21 uh, and now Agenda 2030. I'm sure you've heard the, the buzzword, sustainable development. So sustainable development requires, guess what? None of us. We're not sustainable. There are three primary missions, Agenda 21. One, the elimination of private property rights. Communism is what that is. Two, the elimination of borders. You can see that there was mass migration around Europe. We have mass migration happening here. That really means loss of sovereignty, all in furtherance of this one world government that is largely in place as it is right now. Item three is a massive reduction in the world's population. That sure sounds like a plan, a criminal one, in fact. And that's why this is all based on conspiracy. So we, as private citizens, cannot prosecute crimes ourselves exactly. However, for crimes against humanity, there is something called universal jurisdiction. What does that mean? It means the crimes are so heinous, so intolerable to society, that anybody has the right to investigate the crime. Anybody has the right to report that crime. And any court any law enforcement body, any legislature on the planet has the right to pursue that crime. 
So we're here as lawyers trying to help people. We created this form criminal complaint and people have downloaded it more than 12,000 times. So I've come to find. Thank you. We have cases going forward and uh, as I understand it, South Africa, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and now the Western United States. Uh, with two of my colleagues who I'd really like to have come up here, if that's all right, Melissa and Don, wherever you might be. This is where I get into the story about girl power. That's it. Yeah. Notice Dr. Gold is also a lady. Yeah, you can say that's fine. Yeah, you guys didn't get wired up with the mic, so yeah, it's not very fair. So the three of us really started this whole thing about trying to empower people to do something. Uh, and what we found, I think it was with you, Melissa, that brought some of the gals in Colorado together. Yeah, about the mama bears. The mama bears. That's right. Hell hath no fury than a mama bear protecting her cubs, and that's exactly what happened. So there's a group of women that started in Colorado, and they downloaded this complaint, and they added to it. Uh, Don, I think you also had a lot of revisions and affidavits, and we supported them to try and create more evidence and, and to apply it to their local situation, whether that was school boards or some other kind of damage that's happening. Again, it's universal jurisdiction, but to get law enforcement to actually take you seriously, you've got to personalize it to them. Does that include you know, shedding? I assume everybody knows what that means, where after the, the inoculated people uh, receiving their body starts producing these spike proteins and prions, they overproduce and apparently uh, they're contagious. In fact, some of the evidence that we have indicates that that was the plan, that these vaccines are supposed to be contagious. Uh, of course, they're not vaccines. Well, that fits in nicely. How are you being harmed in this county? Well, the inoculated people around me are harming me. They're uh, you know, causing a chance that I would get something I didn't want. That could be an assault or a battery, depending on the law that applies. Uh, if I get injured as a result of that and potentially die, you know, whether they knew it or not, some forms of homicide are actually uh, without a, a criminal intent. So the idea being that, that these particular complaints uh, included school board members for forcing kids to be harmed, right? wearing their masks. Uh, if you're gonna come to school, you have to have a vaccine. Nobody has the right to tell you to do that. And if they're doing it with malice aforethought, or at least criminal negligence, then they're culpable under criminal law. So we have uh, a number of them. Like, my God, it must be a couple hundred by now. Uh, it's gotten contagious. The mama bears have all joined together across state lines. Yeah. They sure have. <laughs> Sorry? Comedy. Was there comedy? Oh, geez. Yes, she's right. Thank you for reminding me. It is comedy. So some of our mama bears yesterday uh, decided, actually it was Thursday, to serve their complaint on the local police office. Uh, and funny enough, they didn't want to hear it. So she went the first time she talked to an officer who said, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really in charge. You have to, you have to talk to my sergeant. And by the way, this says Weld County instead of Larimer County some mix up, not that it really mattered at all. So she went back home, she fixed the complaint, she brought it back and the sergeant was waiting for her saying, I don't wanna hear your conspiracy theory lady go away. Well, Colorado has a constitutional amendment for victims' rights 
And guess what? That sergeant just violated her civil rights. She has a right to file that complaint. She has a right to be heard. Frankly, I think that extends to a right to be validated, which is part of hearing you. So with that in mind, they went back and regrouped and went the next day. And uh, the police chief or the chief of police wasn't wasn't seeing anybody, wasn't entertaining anybody. So she got a little bit bothered by that because she's a mama bear. And she didn't take no for an answer. And so she uh, hung around, wandered outside. And guess what? The, the chief of police actually closed the police station, turned off the lights, and left. I wish that this was anecdotal. It is not. We got reports today of very similar things happening. Nobody wants the jurisdiction. The idea was do something locally, right? If we can train, if we can educate our local law enforcement when it comes time for these mandatory vaccines, and they are coming, they will be compulsory if they get away with it. Who's going to enforce that? Is your local law enforcement? It could be your local National Guard people. The idea being that if we could file these complaints and in the process of so doing, educate the people who are supposed to carry out that law, guess what? Go back to the Nuremberg Convention. Just doing my job doesn't count. And yet we have sheriffs, chiefs of police saying, well, you file this with the FBI. Anybody have faith the FBI is going to do their job in regard to this? You might be a conspiracy theorist. So God love the law enforcement who do, and we, uh, we did get a couple of them filed. Uh, the sheriffs were constitutional sheriffs, and we're sure looking for a lot more of that. And I met a doctor here today who's also in law enforcement, just grateful, grateful to make that connection, grateful to be here with all of you, because we need citizen action. It's time to do something. And the criminal law aspect of this is really formed around the rights of speedy trial to accused people. Right, the civil cases, you file them, oh, you know, they'll get hurt at some point. The discovery process could take years. And that waiting game, we're all dead by then. That won't do any good. If, however, we can convince one or more law enforcement bodies to take this seriously or legislatures, and guess what? Sheriffs in Colorado, at least, they are elected officials. So, Sheriff, do your job or you will lose your job. And that kind of pressure is what we need. And that's the kind of pressure that's starting to happen. And if we can hold our legislatures responsible, if we can hold our elected judges, sheriffs, whoever it is, and the way we do that is by demanding that you will hear us, whether that's in Colorado or any other state, all 50 states, guess what, have victims' rights. So we need to virally, lack of a better word, spread this thought process, spread this mentality that, yeah, we're conspiracy theorists. We love the flag. We love our country. Everybody in every country loves their country and their flag. Now we're all in this boat together. So my, my ask of you is to support us. Um, the criminal complaint is, in fact, downloadable from our sister website. It's actually called Vax Choice, V-A-X-X choice altogether.com vaxchoice.com and that's where all the downloads are happening that's where the visits are happening and as you have the ability to to join and help if you have valuable information to share with us like the, the 
doctor, police officer, um, please do that as well. We're all here. We're ready to hear it. I know Deanna's in the process of, uh, of coordinating everything. And if nothing else, go talk to your friends and family. guys all right was that not a great yeah protect your rights was that not a great symposium a great discourse uh this gentleman now it's like this is the guy who practices international law and he's talking to us about you know <laughs> he's talking to us about uh about agenda 21 and he's talking to us about the nuremberg and how it's all tied in like Good information, guys. Good information. And it just goes to show that there is there are bridges of understanding. That's what I'm talking about, guys, with this great this great awakening. This great awakening. It's not just uh it's not just the I'm a blue-collar guy, guy. I'm a layman, you know. And it's not just about people like because we the lay people for some reason get it. People who are just hardworking you know, 40 hours a week or more, family, uh, we get it. But the people in our industries, the people in legal, the people in the medical, all those guys who are all highfalutin with all their big time jobs and big time paychecks don't get it. But now they do. Okay. And that's why I say that is exactly why I say that this great awakening is, is happening. It's, I mean, 10 to 15 years ago, nothing, guys, nothing. You would not see people like that speaking out, talking so casually, so matter-of-factly, because it is the truth about what is going on in this world and what's what the scheme is, what the agenda is. All that information, guys, all that information. And he's not the only one, you know, and we have those people now with us here and don't forget the great awakening is not limited to the shores of the americas it's happening around the world guys so we will continue to be awakened um you know we are we are living in that energy of enlightenment we're living in that energy of of where we evolve mentally and spiritually and physically to the point that we're all seeing this it's it's like the veils lifted we have the uh we have the discernment it's 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 becoming more readily available to us you know and so with that in mind we have to keep the faith we have to keep on fighting we have to keep pushing forward we have to stay positive all right guys one last story for you guys tonight and uh this one is important and I mean, it is importante, like super importante. Let's get Judicial Watch on our screens because, boy, if the NIH were not going to go down for anything else, they need to go down for this. Okay, guys, so let's talk a little bit about the NIH. Now, this is brought to our attention from one of my favorite, favorite groups of individuals, Judicial Watch. Of course, we know Judicial Watch is at the forefront of holding government and government entities accountable for their actions through FOIA requests and suing the pants off of them, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, if, if they should so happen to go sideways on us. And a lot of them do, you know, and so that's why uh, that's why I just I love the work. 
that Judicial Watch does. Like, I love the work that they do, guys. So this came out today. Again, this is another Breitbart story now. Uh, the title of this story was American Horror Story. Feds pay for full-term aborted baby parts. Now, you guys know, y'all probably saw that expose that happened uh, where they were re they revealed that uh, Planned Parenthood actually is in the business of selling baby organs, aborted fetus organs, aborted fetus parts and stuff like that. And uh, that was that was a heinous, that was a heinous and despicable uh, a video expose. They were caught on film. I'm sure you guys all remember that. Uh, we're not going to show that. Don't worry, guys. We're not going to show. But what we are going to talk about how is now that it has been found through FOIA requests that the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, which is the same damn government organization that funded the Wuhan labs for gain of function development and research into COVID-19 through Ecolab systems, right? That they funded them for that. This is the whole thing that uh, um, uh, F.U. Tony, Dr. Fauci, um, has been fighting against with Rand Paul back and forth, left and right. Now, not only are these guys responsible for funding, gain of function, development and research into deadly viruses that could cross into human beings at Wuhan through Ecolab systems, they are also now being pointed out as having given $3.2 million in federal funding, that's a taxpayer money, granted to the University of Pittsburgh to achieve the goal of becoming a fetal tissue collection site that can quickly harvest the organs of full-term aborted babies. Guys, this story has got to get out. If the NIH does not go down for the work that they did with this Wuhan and Ecolab systems and all of the efforts that Rand Paul is putting up in Congress and the Senate at hearings, they need to go down for this, okay? We cannot stand for this unethical, immoral type of activity that is going on with our taxpayer dollars, federally funded. We are paying for this crap, okay? I was like, what the heck? Okay, now... Uh, again, uh, the University of Pittsburgh uh, seeking to become the fetal tissue collection sites that quickly harvest the organs of full-term aborted babies was released through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit issued by Judicial Watch. Now, Judicial Watch and another organization called the Center for Medical Progress announced yesterday that they had received 252 pages of documents from the United States Department of Health and Human Services, uh, the same department that oversees the NIH, um, which is the nation's uh, largest medical research agency. Now, according to a press release from the uh, Judicial Watch, um, which also, which the Judicial Watch, they're, they're, they file lawsuits. They go, they go to legal fights for different organizations and people's rights. Like we saw them suing Mayor Lori Lightfoot 
the weirdo over there, the weirdo racist over there in Chicago, just stuff like that. You guys know about Judicial Watch. You know, you know what they you know what they're about, right? Well, they were representing the Center for Medical Progress in this lawsuit, this FOIA request, right? Um, and the documents revealed that taxpayer funds were being spent at the University of Pittsburgh's quest to become the tissue hub for harvesting the tissue and organs of aborted babies from six weeks to 42 weeks gestation, y'all. Like up to 42 weeks, like full-term babies. Disgusting, despicable. Okay, this is just immoral beyond anything I can think of. Uh, it's 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 wrong, y'all. You guys know it's wrong. Now, the Center for Medical Progress project is led by a man by the name of David Delayden, who conducted undercover investigations of Planned Parenthood's alleged fetal tissue trafficking with biomedical procurement companies. So this is what we're talking about. Those videos that we saw before about Planned Parenthood uh, talking about, oh, you know, a fetal baby costs this much money and, and they're willing and dealing. We saw the videos. Um, now, this is what he had to say. This is David Allen Delighton. Now, the CMP, the Center for Medical Progress, are the ones who did those videos that we saw back in the day. <coughs> This is what he had to say about this entire issue. He said, infants in the womb, some old enough to be viable, are being aborted alive and killed for organ harvesting in order to bring in millions of dollars in taxpayer funding for Pittsburgh University, University of Pittsburgh, and the Planned Parenthood abortion business it supports. People are outraged by such disregard for the lives of the vulnerable Law enforcement and public officials should act immediately to bring the next uh, Kermit Gosnell to justice under law. And now in May, the uh, Center for Medical Progress released a video that alleged the NIH uses taxpayer funds to sponsor experiments at University of Pittsburgh on aborted babies obtained from the local Planned Parenthood facility. So Planned Parenthood is working in tandem with the University of Pittsburgh to uh, commit these heinous activities, I think these should be labeled as crimes against humanity, honestly. These leftist liberal scientists will just say it's for the progress of man, whatever. Now, Judicial Watch noted the current documents revealed Pittsburgh's goals um, were to use taxpayer grants uh, to fund the development, to develop a pipeline to the acquisition, quality control, and distribution of human uh, genitorinary, urinary, and genital organs and functions, um, samples obtained throughout development of the six-week to 42-week gestation period, and generate an ongoing resource to distribute fresh development developmental human genitor genitorinary samples from various stages to the Genitourinary Development Molecular Anatomy Project, Atlas Projects. So they want to be the number one supply chain for these people that are uh, doing these experiments and stuff like that. Now, the University of Pittsburgh's proposal also indicated the school asserted that it had been collecting fetal tissue for over 10 years, uh, including uh, livers, hearts, gonads, legs, brains, genitory tissue, uh, genitorinary tissue, 
which also includes tissue, uh, kidneys, ureters, ureters, and bladders. Uh, the judicial, judicial Watch report added that the university said in 2015 that it had already disbursed over 300 fresh sample collected from 77 cases, guys. 300 fresh samples. Fresh samples. It says fresh samples from 77 cases and envisioned its collection can be significantly ramped up as material could have been accrued from as many as 725 cases last year. So let's go real quick to the Judicial Watch website. I'll go ahead and expand that on here for now. This is from their press release. Judicial Watch, new HHS documents reveal millions in federal funding for University of Pittsburgh human fetal organ harvesting project, including viable and full-term babies. Okay, so we'll go down. We'll start down here. We already read some of this stuff. Now it says here, let me expand that one more time for you guys. Hold on. Okay, so it says here, the Health Sciences, Sciences Tissue Bank at Pitts, uh, University of Pittsburgh, is embedded within the Department of Pathology, thus providing rapid access to very high quality tissue and biological specimens. The University of Pittsburgh boasts it has a number of internal connections as well as a strong working relationship with the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and the Department of Pathology, as well as three laboratories in the flagship University of Pittsburgh Medical Center hospitals. This includes a lab boasting a butcher boy bandsaw for sectioning bone and a frozen section room has digital video feed to and from the operating rooms so they can see what uh, they can see what specimens or what products they'll be bringing in to sell this allows for instantaneous discussions with surgeons as well as immediate show and tell for them the proposal ironically also boasts about the laboratories at the children's hospital of pittsburgh that's sick guys that's sick the children's hospital, you see, oh God, that's so disgusting. Um, it says here also, later in the proposal, the University of Pittsburgh states that it records the warm ischemic time on our samples and takes steps to keep it at a minimum to ensure the highest quality biological specimens. The They, 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 they give it to them warm, y'all. We're talking about full-term babies, viable infants, children, and they're proud of this. They record the warm ischemic time on their specimens to ensure they get the freshest and highest quality biological specimens. That's disgusting. Okay, the warmest ischemic time refers to the amount of time an organ remains at body temperature after the blood supply has been cut off. Warm ischemic times differ from cold ischemic times, which refer to the amount of time the organ is chilled. They're giving these, oh God, I mean, I'm just getting sick like thinking about this. Um, let me go on to the next one. The pit scientists note that 
all fetal tissue is collected through a collaborative, like, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Um, all fetal tissue is collected through a collaborative process, including family planning, obstetrics, and pathology, and that the new numbers of consents and collections has been steadily increasing, and we are in an excellent position to expand our services to include the needs of the GUDMAP Atlas Project. That's the the, the genitornary development, whatever. Anyways, uh, the university, I God, I'm really feeling sick. The University of Pittsburgh anticipated being able to harvest and distribute quality tissue and cells and do not anticipate any major problems related to the acquisitions and distributions of tissue. Uh, university of Pittsburgh's target goal is to have available a minimum of five cases tissues and if possible other biologicals per week of gestational ages of six to 42 weeks. So they want at least five fetuses, five full-term babies per week. That's what they're looking for. Okay, Pittsburgh's uh, University of Pittsburgh's proposal also included a racial target for harvesting of human fetal parts of its planned aborted subjects. Pitts desired 50% to be minority fetuses. Oh, oh, so now they're going to be, uh, they're going to be, uh, what do you call it, uh, inclusive. They want at least 50% to be minority fetuses. The proposal suggests that the subjects be diverse because Pittsburgh is diverse. The United States Census Bureau shows the city of Pittsburgh to be uh, close to 70% white. Um, Pitts, uh, probably because they'll make more money on diversity, right? Uh, University of Pittsburgh's proposal requested more than $3.2 million over a five-year period. The documents show the NIH has funded at least $2.7 million so far for the University of Pittsburgh's human fetal tissue harvesting and hub. Okay. So, guys, oh. Uh, we'll, we'll finish this up here real quick. This is the end of it. In March of 2021, a federal court ordered HHS to release additional information about its purchases of organs of organs harvested from aborted human fetuses. The court also found there is no there's reason to question whether the transactions violate federal law barring the sale of fetal organs. In May of 2021, Judicial Watch announced it had uncovered records from the FDA showing the agency spent tens of thousands of taxpayer dollars to buy human fetal tissue from California-based Advanced Biosciences Resource. The tissue was used in creating humanized mice to test biological drug products. The records showed the agency ordered shipments to be fresh, shipped on wet ice. So this is happening... This is not the only case, but Jesus Christ, guys. Oh, my God. I don't mean to, you know, the Lord's name and all, but I seriously felt like I was going to throw up when I was reading about that. Them being warm and stuff like that is. That is just that is beyond that is beyond me. Like, that's beyond me to think that these people actually do that stuff. Um that is crazy. That is crazy. But uh, that's what we got for you guys tonight. <laughs> um, thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> I'm sorry to leave you guys on that note. <laughs> but man, that was quite an episode. We went long today, almost three, three and a half hours uh, on this information. Uh, these are the kind of reports I live for, ladies and gentlemen, like to really get into it and share this with you guys. Uh, but that was that story 
that story is crazy. I got, I think I brought a lot of crazy stories to you guys tonight. That was insane. That was, that was, whew, man, that was, that was a journey right there, y'all. Um, but that's what we do here at the Sea Report. And uh, I, I try, I try as hard as I might to, uh, to make sure that this stuff gets out to you guys. I try and bring to you guys another perspective and other things that, uh, that maybe you won't hear everywhere. Uh, but, but man, like on this AFL CIO left collusion stuff, get that story out there on the story with, uh, you know, the NIH, the very same agency that's funding gain of function research in laboratories in Wuhan, China, get those stories out there, get those stories out there. Uh, because, uh, man, that, that is something else. And, you know, if you guys like the work I do, like I said, share it, uh, uh, spread it around. I, I'm actually contemplating putting the C report on some social media. I don't know how that's going to go. I'm terrible at social media, y'all. Terrible. I'm so disengaged, you know, that I just, I, I just ignore it, but we got to spread the word out there. We got to get, we got to get, uh, we got to really get this ramped up. We got to really get this ramped up. And uh, it's definitely with uh, the support of you guys out there with the audience here, especially at the Foxhole app. I appreciate you all uh, for hanging with me. Uh, we'll, we, we hang in together, right? We're hanging out with, uh, with, uh, with me here at the Sea Report. And uh, I, I, I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the hot tips on the stories and the concerns that you all have in your neck of the woods or in your own, uh, you know, personal, your personal purview. Um, um, and the feedback that we get here is great. So uh, thank you all guys. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to release the scratch offs, the lottos here at uh, the C report for Foxhole. And uh, thank you guys very much for the gold pill donations. Like this is, this is my bread and butter y'all. So, uh, um, you know, I'll keep on doing this uh, as long as I'm able to. And with y'all support, we'll keep on doing it. We'll keep on doing it. So again, I thank you a million times over from my heart to yours uh, for any support that you lend to the C-Report, even just telling your friends, telling your family, word of mouth. If you think, uh, if you think what we have to offer here is something worth sharing, that goes a long way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for us tonight. Uh, we will be doing the international report here tomorrow, Friday at the Sea Report, same time, same place, 7.30 p.m. We'll be doing some international news here at the Sea Report, as well as we'll be doing Mr. C in the Dark after hours. So make sure you tune in for that. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, my friends, so much. With much love from the Sea Report, all I have to say is have a great night. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow, and God bless America.